This week's show is brought to you by Miracle Made. Alright, now you guys, Brad and Alex, you know I like a lot of things, but I'm going to reveal a little bit about myself here. I really like sleeping. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I'm like, it's, oh, yeah. A, it's in my top three. Of it's a great I thing enjoy. to do. Wait, hang on. Eating, sleeping, and? Sleeping. Again. Okay. It's, All right. it's it's mostly sleeping, then eating, then sleeping Got again. Got it, yes. Got sleep, it. get up, eat, then you get back to sleep. <laughs> yeah. If I could eat while I'm sleeping, I would probably do that, too. Sleep, eat, sleep, repeat. Got it. Yes. And luckily for me, Miracle Made has sheets just for me. Because did you know that traditional bed sheets can harbor more bacteria than a toilet seat? And I'll tell you what I don't like, sleeping on a damn toilet seat. I would rather sleep in some nice sheets. I don't know, man. Have you tried it? Unfortunately, yes. And it's not my style. I won't ask you to elaborate. (laughs) Inspired by those punks at NASA, Miracle Made uses silver-infused fabrics and makes temperature-regulating bedding so you can sleep at the perfect temperature all night long. It has self-cooling properties. The sheets that are infused with this silver prevent up to 99.7% of bacterial growth, leaving them to stay cleaner and fresh three times longer than other sheets, and no more gross odors. Only the best odors in my sheets. You can go to trymiracle.com slash nextlander to try Miracle Made Sheets today. And whether you're buying them for yourself or as a gift for a loved one, if you order today, you can save over 40%. And if you use our promo nextlander at checkout, you'll get three free towels and save an extra 20%. Miracle is so confident in their product, it's backed with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you aren't 100% satisfied, you'll get a full refund. Upgrade your sleep with Miracle Made. Go to miracle.com slash nextlander and use the code nextlander to claim your free three-piece towel set and save over 40% off. Again, that's trymiracle.com slash nextlander to treat yourself. Thank you, Miracle Made, for sponsoring this episode. Hello, everybody out there, and welcome to the Next Lander Podcast. High energy, big smiles, video games, and the best... I from me. I'm giving my all. Also giving everything, not leaving anything on the field. Brad Shoemaker. I took my smile X. I'm ready to grimace. <laughs> oh, you can't love, you can't see it, but hopefully it comes through an audio. Love that Joker. Oh, the Joker gas. Alex Navarro, how is your gas today? Joker esque? Uh, you know, I'm I'm not as gassy as maybe I am on other days, but you know, I'm here. I'm smiling. I'm letting the, I'm relaxing, letting the hooks do their work. Really getting that smile up there. Wait, okay. Hang on. Do you do you have a gassy schedule? Is there like a, a specific day of the week? No, it's more that just after certain meals, it tends to rumble and tumble oh, a little bit more. What a great start to this podcast. I mean, <laughs> just uh, just fantastic. Just 
Boy, let's talk about broccoli and bagels. Yeah, just, let's uh, make the uh, let's make the album art this week. Uh, you know, colonoscopy photo for me, so you can really get in there and see how all the works are working. Okay, good. Yes, you want to take that yourself? I'm. Not, <laughs> you just, uh, no, I was gonna come over. <laughs> just uh, get my. You want to uh, just kind of jam a cannon up there and just see what you can find? <laughs> just, guys, gonna, guys, gonna <laughs> have a cruciferous that. vegetable party over there. Oh, cruciferous! That was my other grandmother's name. That's a callback. Mm-hmm. Um, folks, you're listening to the Next Lander podcast. I believe this is episode 20. We'll call it 20 ish. Yes. Uh, for uh, Thursday, uh, October 21st. One we more are episode. here. One more episode in this podcast can drink. There you go. Get drunk. Uh, you are getting all of it here, unlike your new Apple laptop screen. Oh. We do not leave anything out. Uh, we do not notch out. Any, we do not obscure your vision, Brad. You, oh, you let no. me know oh, no. before this podcast that you are not happy with the decision. Uh, that- <laughs> it's time for Brad's angry corner. Oh, no, it's fine. No, <laughs> listeners of certain tech podcasts will know my feelings about phone notches perfectly well. Uh huh. I did not realize that we were in notch again in here. Like I, Dude. I'm living in the past until oh, my God. you clued me in. The internet was in an uproar, man, on Monday morning. So if you don't know, these new uh, laptops got announced uh, from Apple on uh, on Monday. Yes, like and, an incredibly nice MacBook Pro, like it in every way the perfect laptop. Uh, if you like MacBooks, ruined it. and then yes. they ruined it. Oh boy, you weren't kidding! I looked up a picture of this because I was like, "What? To get over it? Like a How little bad camera? Could it be? And then it's, it's like it's pretty tense. It's pretty. It's it's a lot. It's a uh, lot. Especially like, you as users as a user of Adobe software on Mac. I. It's just gonna split my my like bars in half at the top. You, you know how busy those menu bars get up there. Why uh, have they done this? That's, I is there I just good, has their industrial design just taken such a tumble at this point that like they're just doing shit and they don't think anyone cares because they you know because they're Apple and they can do whatever they want some, or what? Somebody thought it was a good idea there. I can't say who. Okay. Listen, I think I think having a webcam on the laptop is probably a good idea. Like a, in in the 2021 oh, having yes. that integrated now eating into the screen, like what is more important, your webcam or your screen real estate? I'm going to vote. I can always put a webcam on that computer. I can't put necessarily more screen on that existing screen. So, I guess so I get pro- a, proponents of the notch will tell you that you are already getting more screen that Oh, you would have just had the flat screen under the notch. Oh, so they've so raised that, it. Okay, yeah, that is the worst <laughs> cult name I have ever heard in my life. The proponents of the notch. <laughs> okay, so I see what you're saying. You're saying be happy for the extra screen we have. That, that's what that's. Yeah, they they took a regular screen and they gave it horns. Is what I'm saying. It's like if you ordered. Like if you ordered a steak and they were like, well, here's some gristle and some bone on the side. And it's <laughs> like, right. why did I get this? And it's like, well, you wouldn't have gotten this anyway. It's extra. Stop complaining. That's right. This this MacBook is the choking hazard of laptops. <laughs> is what uh, I would say. Wait, are so, we on some like Immortan Joe shit where he's like, do not covet the fucking, you know, the full screen. You will be angry for its absence. Like, is he are they are they really trying to sell you that like, oh, you don't need all that screen. It's not important. So it's not the proponents of the You're notch, getting enough the screen. The cult the cult of not the well, yeah, the cult of notch cult is of probably notch. a wholly different thing, but uh anyway, Brad, what I'm gonna say is Get that laptop. If you like the power, if you like the horsepower or whatever they're doing in there, get that thing, slam it shut, plug a keyboard and mouse in (laughs) and and an external monitor, 
It just in, and it's not a laptop. It's like the Switch. It doesn't leave that's the right. dock. You just that's right. That I, I genuinely that is the life I live for. Like the entirety of being in an office, a giant bomb. Just a little dock, right? The lap, little lap, uh, laptop back and forth every day, and then just plug that thing into a keyboard, mouse, and a monitor, and where did the laptop go? I didn't even do that. I just brought the laptop. Just just did my shit. That was it. I had a desktop. I had des- I was a desktop. I had the the trash can. Matt. You had the trash can. Yeah, which I'm gonna say, maybe not. Also, maybe not Apple's greatest design. <laughs> no, <laughs> they've had ups and downs over the years. It's, uh, Has anybody ever turned that thing into a real trash can? Somebody must have. Are those things old enough and like valueless enough yet that you could just gut it and want- actually actually use that case as a trash can? Like you know, I you know that that thing got reclaimed uh, by CBS at the time. So like it, did somebody get my trash can or is it in a trash can? Like hmm. is somebody like, hey, we have this uh, you know two thousand seventeen or whatever it was, or did it get recycled somewhere? I'm I'm guessing all of that stuff is in a closet somewhere that nobody knows about. I think the 47 PCs we packed up are probably in some flooded warehouse in New Jersey at this point. Ooh, they like, all floated. Uh, <laughs> they all the trash cans floated down the Hudson. Yeah, like all, a couple, all the a trash cans ago, and uh, and all the like uh, all the stuff Alex and I threw into boxes um, when we packed up that studio. Oh yeah, no, there's at least like three metric tons of network cable now at the bottom yeah. of the East River. If you're looking for if you're looking for a, a, a fancy new video card, fish it out of the Hudson. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this gotcha. Possibly, uh, I don't know. I don't know if their warehouses got flooded. It's uh, it's entirely possible they did not. Just so a I'm wild just, guess. It, a lot of stuff got flooded. Uh, I hope they did not. I hope it is fine. It would be a, some of those oh, computers were still good. Yeah, they were fantastic. Um, anyway, you're listening to the Next Lander podcast. Uh, that's uh, that's a bit of your tech. Joshin here. A little, little cross pollination, you might say. Yeah, a little tech pod in my NXL pod. Mm-hmm. I like it. I like it. That's why that's why we uh it's good to have interests that align, right? Yeah. I get to I get the rail on the ramble cast. I get to talk all about Transformer toys and mm-hmm. and uh movies, and then here we get to talk a little tech. NASCAR. NASCAR mm-hmm. that's right. Nuts. NASCAR well, you know, grandmother great grandmother's names and maiden Man. names and some some fans of nuts out there, it turns out, across multiple discords over the last twenty four hours since oh, our really? ranking of our ranking of nuts. I would like there to were, extend con- my most heartfelt apologies to the proponents of the Brazil nut for leaving yeah. them out. Yeah, oh. the, the Brazil. The, we, there was conspicuous submissions on our list. It turned out the Brazil nuts. I believe we forgot the pecan. We did. I, I always believe. forget the pecan. No, we said the pecan because no, you didn't. talked sure. about pecan ice cream. I don't think we. I don't oh, think we did. Oh, maybe you said pistachio. Pistachio. Said, I said, said oh. pistachio and walnut. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Pistachio, hell of a nut. You want to get nuts? Let's go. No, nuts. I'm okay. fine. Um, and we also talked about Batman. <laughs> so <laughs> it's really coming together here. All uh, roads lead to Batman. Well, uh, I want to start with. We're going to get into the games here. We're going to talk about uh, a run of show here. We're going to talk a little bit about updates on Metroid Dread, The Rift Breaker, Into the Pits, um, The Good Life, and then we'll have some uh, updated thoughts on Jet the Far Shore and Outer Wilds. But before we do that, or Outer Wilds, Echoes of the Eye, I should say specifically, before we get into those games, Brad, you and I were like, we should check this game. You told me, you're like, something's heating up here, and yes. we should check this out. Uh, you've caught a fever. Like, I, I had been aware of Inscription. Mm-hmm. Inscription with a Y in the middle, not in the not at the beginning. Not it's not the the first I, but the second I, like mm-hmm. Crypt. Yes, 
I'd, I'd been aware of it for a while because it has a nice look to it. And it was from the guy who made Pony Island, which you, if you have not played that game, is I a very not. weird and memorable game. The conceit of Pony Island, I haven't played, I played it like five years ago, but it's like an 80s arcade game, like a monochrome, super old school arcade game where Satan has possessed the PCB that the arcade game is running on or something uh, okay. of that nature. It's fucking weird. It's a I remember weird you game. playing in a giant bomb, I think. Yes. And so Inscription is a deck building roguelike. Stop me if you've heard this one before from mm. the guy who made that. And so going back and looking at Pony Island made, made Inscription make perfect sense because it's the exact same brand of extremely weird, mm. I would say. But yeah, I saw some people on Twitter last night going like, yeah, I hadn't heard of Inscription before and now it is like a game of the year contender for me <laughs> instantly. Okay. Like, And so... I've only put about an hour into it and we got on this video call and I was just like, Hey, you want to skip this podcast and just keep playing inscription? Cause man, it's pretty good. Like, I don't know that a game has grabbed me this fast and this firmly like all year. Damn. Honestly. Like, so, it's, and so I don't tell even me like, about it. what are we love, doing here? I don't even love deck building roguelikes that much. So, so it's got, uh, I'll say that's the look of it. When I looked at images, I was like, um, okay, it's just some well, worn territory here it's got a kind of down res yeah. kind of grimy look to it but like, the but it goes that beyond that look yeah it's that it's that mid 90s like old pixelated pc playstation one ish kind of mm -hmm. look yeah but with like good lighting you know it's kind of modernized underneath that grime but it but the tone of it really has it together in a way that is above and beyond so if you're looking at images of it really when you get into it it's got this great atmosphere just in the game so you kind of starts up with this uh one of my favorite things i think brad you you will agree with this uh fake pc booting uh uh, uh conceits right that you're like i think it starts off with somebody being like well let's check this out yeah, it's <laughs> right? like straight up like like snow on the screen and a voiceover yeah. just like oh it's, it's time to see what's on here and then you yeah. hear like a super old computer booting up uh so you go in and it's basically um you're in this game that is it's almost Pokemon-esque. So you're in this deck-building game where the idea is you have a squirrel, which is like your basic card, right? So bear with me here for a second as I kind of lay this out as quickly as possible. Okay. So imagine a squirrel as your basic card. Mm -hmm. And if you want to play other cards, a lot of them have to eat something or devour something. And the squirrel is basically the most basic card. It doesn't need to eat anything. It is the basic food. So now if you want to play, um, let's say, a wolf, it would have to eat two squirrels that are played on the board, right? So you'd have to have two squirrels on the board. It would devour both of those, and then you can play a wolf, right? Uh, other animals that you want to play, maybe a lynx or something, only have to eat one thing. Some have to eat three, the blood cost, right? So you're sacrificing some cards to put out other cards, kind of like a Pokemon where you're evolving and you have to use energy, right? So those things are kind of like energy. Uh, and as you're doing that, you're up against your opponent who is a row or two above you, and you're attacking the player. So for the opponent to attack me, it has to get through my cards. If there are no cards in front of it, it's doing direct damage to me, the player, right? And yeah, I've got a certain a, amount. Yeah, it, it's a very simple game board. You only have four cards across for your entire board, and the computer has eight. So the computer has eight rows or two rows of four, and you have one row of four opposing. That's it. So it's a, a very simple game board, and all you're trying to do is attack the other side with your cards without anything blocking them. And so as you're doing that, there is a scale, and this is actually kind of interesting. So as you're doing damage, the more damage your opponent has, it's not, it's not, it's like a relative win, which is kind of an interesting thing. So you're pushing down the opponent's side of the scale, but if he does damage to you, 
it'll lift his side up and start pushing your side down. So you've got to do more damage to your opponent to put the side down. So it's interesting. It's not like a yeah. set health bar. Yeah, there's, you can always kind of claw back. If you've got a smart move, you can claw your way back a little bit. But I, so that scale, which is the health, again, of both sides, I feel like that encapsulates everything about this game's weird personality and attitude. <laughs> because it's kind of hard to tell because it's low-res, pixely look. But the objects that they are dropping into the scale to weigh it down every time you do damage are teeth. It's true. Are like are like metal, like gold teeth. And because it's a roguelike, you pick up random items as you go across across the board, right? Like it's like, oh, you can break this break this bottle to get an extra squirrel card, you know, stuff like that. Just basic stuff like that. One of the items you can get is a pair of pliers, and it's like use this if you need to, to like tip the scales a little bit. And I was like, that's weird, but okay, sure. And then so I, the first time I used it when I was losing a match, you take the pliers. It's like a first person game. The whole you're you're in a room. You're sitting at a table. There's a whole like in game card card game kind of motif in first person you grab the pliers you rip one of your own teeth out of your mouth and drop it onto the scale and that weighs your side of the scale down a little more Ooh. yeah that was it's, how i learned they were teeth uh, yes so like it's so a heads up for teeth people out there yeah. the tone yeah. the tone is very menacing in fact it's a lot like pony island where the devil was possessing the arcade game you were playing like you are you were playing against a pair of eyes like the sinister figure in the shadows is playing and taunting you and like there's a real demonic kind of like you were under serious threat in this room with this being kind of vibe to it. Yeah. Like you, you like uh, this is more than a game. It's got a bit of like a Jumanji esque. Like, are we in the game or are we playing the yeah, game? So it's weird because like you put up the computer when you first start the game and it's like, Oh, I'm playing a computer in this game, but then you end up in the game instantly. So it's like a weird, like, like which metaphor are they going with here? And uh, uh, another cool part is you can actually get up from the floor or from the game board and walk around the room and explore the room a little bit, which has uh, a kind of re- things related to the game you're playing. It looks like there's a, a, a shadow box of some cards yeah. that uh, uh, you've kind of sacrificed or done some things with. There are playing pieces. There's some lock stuff, which almost has like the room style vibes yeah, to it. Literally, I was going to say it feels like the room. Like the yeah. whole the whole thing has got a very Victorian vibe to it. Everything is like carved out of wood or mechanical. You know, there's like a safe and a cuckoo clock and it's all very old timey yeah. as you walk around the room and you can manipulate a lot of that stuff. And like, I think where it really gets meta is that the so all the cards are animals except there are a few like boulders and trees that you can use as blockers but generally any offensive card is an animal and the cards start talking to you (laughs) like pretty quickly they start running dialogue out of the cards on the cards like the stoat and the is it the cockroach no the stink bug the stoat and the stink bug and like maybe one other card have randomly just started talking to me as i'm playing them onto my board like there's it's, a ton of really unexpected personality in this game huh, in, yeah. in a weird meta narrative kind of way where like you kind of just have to play it, man. It's, like it's, it's, it's hard it's to cool. really convey the vibe of this game, but like everything feels like it might be hiding a secret. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like the fact that like any card might just start talking to you or like an object that you use might do a thing you didn't expect, or you might get, be able to get up and walk away from the board mid match and go do something else. Like it's just, it's fucking weird. It's, it's a weird game and a really like exciting, fun way to discover. Yeah. It's got, it's got, um, 
I want to say hints of like a frog fraction, like there's something yes. beneath the surface, but yes. you kind of expect this to be more than it seems. Totally. Uh, but not, not in a like cheap, like, oh, this is going to turn out to be a twin stick shooter at the end yeah. or something like that. Not like a big sea change to what's going on. Just like a lot of the details around the edges, a lot of the secrets mm. underneath what you're playing are just a little bit off kilter in, in a really fun, unsettling way. Interesting. Uh, Oh, I, oh, when you make a card after you finish a run you make a card called your death card I think that's a fun mechanic where yeah. you, you build uh, a card based on random cards you had in your hand so you get to pick the health the kind of special abilities and and I think I think the game is the actual mechanics of the game are fun like I think it's a it's a it feels familiar <laughs> feels familiar yet novel it feels new but it's a it's a deck building game but it is different enough and has enough personality in it where I was shocked to not have this as a physical game. It seems like this should have mm-hmm. been a game with this mechanic of, uh, I mean, the mechanics are not that new of energy cost to put other cards down and this kind of thing. It's just the trappings of it. They're just cool. Like that, that's what absolutely what else. Like the card game is, that's what I was getting at with the board being pretty simplistic. Like it's, it's got a good balance of like, oh, this card game is fun and has some depth, but it's not overwhelming. It's like a good entry level deck builder. And that would be fun to play. And the roguelike stuff makes it even more interesting because every run is different, but it's really it's really all the narrative and and kind of tone and setting stuff around the edges that elevate this thing. And to the point that like I like die, I've got a ton of other stuff I need to do after this podcast, but all I want to do is play that game after we finish here. And and in your opponents, as mysterious as they are, it it it's done well enough where it doesn't feel like they are they want to see you dead. They're just kind of like and like, okay, all right, here we go. And the next thing. And, you know, they kind of, the writing is, is done well enough where they're doing descriptive text for what happens. And it's well-written and kind of foreboding. It's cool. Inscription. You guys it, have sold me on this one. It's a, it's 20 it. bucks. It's on a PC uh, and a bunch of places on PC. Um, I, so far, have not seen a reason why this couldn't come to consoles and be a controller game. But um, Yeah, it even seems like it would be fine on tablets, phones even. Yeah. It would have a touch interface that works so far from what I've seen, but uh, yeah, it's uh, I got, I was doing really well and then I got completely hosed uh, on one of the bosses. That's tough. Yeah. Uh, uh, it, it does feel like it does feel like you can have a good run and then you, you just got a bad draw out of the gate and like, okay, you, if you're really good at this, maybe your strategy will work, but I just got a bad draw and felt like, man, also, I was learning the game, and I bought a bunch of pelts, which mm-hmm. are cards that sit in your hand, which might have a bigger reward later, but at the time are not useless, but they have no offensive abilities. They're kind of defensive. I did not realize that. Yeah, uh, because, because it's a roguelike, you run into a bunch of random situations as you go across the, the path, right? So like, oh, here I can sacrifice one of my cards to give its special attribute to one of my other cards. Yes. Or like, oh, I met the... You know, I met the old the crone here, and she wants to do this for me, but it might bite me later. Do you know Stuff if those like carry over into further? Like, you carry your deck, your hand. Like, um, if you give like a flying, uh, you know, flying squirrel. No, uh, no, th- th- those like sacrifices mm-hmm. where you like kill one card and give it to something else. No, those are per run. Okay, and so then I don't have, know if you've have you seen the bones mechanic? Like, yes. they start there are other types of energy they start rolling in. Which is weird because they only introduced that into the second run, and it's yeah. like a pretty big mechanic. Yeah, um, yeah which, I don't. I I I I suspect there might still be more to uncover hmm. from from where we're at right now. But I like it. I like it a lot. It uh, is it is like so much more than the sum of its parts. Even just after playing it for an hour, I feel confident saying, "Yeah, 
I wonder I wonder how deep it does go. In inscription again on PC script with a Y. Mm-hmm. Crypt inscription. Yes. Uh wanna check that out. But now let's turn to the dread. Mm. To the Metroid Dread. Brad, you have played more of the Metroid yeah, Dread. I'm I'm pretty close to the end of it. Did you play any more, Alex? I did. I got um I don't know, I get say like a chunk of the way into like the second area. Okay. Uh, I've I've got two innies left. Like everything is frozen. If that tells you anything, mm-hmm. tells me something. Yes, about where I'm at. I think that's pretty close to the end. Mm-hmm. I am so torn on that game. Like, I'm definitely going to finish it. And part of the time, I'm really enjoying it. The other part of the time, I get every single complaint that I have seen being expressed here and on Twitter and elsewhere. Like. It feels like a deeply flawed game that I'm still mostly really enjoying. Yeah, like I, I my progress slowed because I just kind of hit a point where it's like the parts that were that I don't like were just kind of overriding the parts I do like. I like the exploration is is interesting. I think that you know it is it is a nice looking game. I'm enjoying kind of poking around at it. But anytime that Emmy shit kicks in. <laughs> And anytime I feel like I'm in a spot where it's like, oh, there is not a good way for me to get back to where I need to get without spending a long time getting there, I just, I lose all my momentum. And I feel like I just, the things it does well are not enough for me. Like, Vinny, did it ever feel like they just roll the dice whenever you meet an Emmy about how that's going to go? Like, I feel like they give you, you know, they give you tools like you can turn invisible to evade them and all Mm -hmm. kinds of stuff like that. And I feel like. So many times I have just gotten like stuck in a corner with my invisibility running out and eating into my health and the thing yeah. is just standing there staring at me and will not go away or like it'll walk away for 10 seconds and then come right back before I can get away. Yes. Uh, or so, or it'll just randomly walk right over me and kill me even though I was invisible. Like it just it feels like there is zero rhyme or reason to how those encounters play out. It is just a roll of the dice. The the thing that I had the 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 vibe I had was the first encounter you have with the Emmy feels like it is set up. And then for some reason, when you die to it, it doesn't reset back to that. It just kind of stays where it was while everything else has reset in the game world. So that if that Emmy die, if you died to that Emmy by the Emmy door, when you walk in next time, that Emmy's probably by the Emmy door. Sure. It's like, hello. And, and like, it's like, okay, well, okay. In my experience, I kind of mentioned this last time, but I'll reiterate now that, um, you probably have a better idea of it is like, you can try and do your stealth way through and then you spend a long time doing the stealth and you're hanging on a ceiling or something. And that Emmy just crawls up the ceiling and nudges you and you die and you've lost three minutes because you tried to stealth your way through. Cause it takes a while cause you can't move that quickly. And at, you do that once or twice and you're like, I'm just going to beat feet through this thing. I'm going to stop stealthing because in three minutes I can make 10 runs through here versus three minutes of stealth. So I'm, I might as well just run through it. And I think when it works well, the stealth stuff feels cool when the thing sniffs you and walks away and you have enough going invisible meter and like that whole thing works and you're like, that was cool. Like he was right there and I got away. That's cool. When it doesn't, it's really disappointing and deflating and and it really grinds to a halt. It it feels like it doesn't work about 80, 90% of the time and about 10% of the time you have those cool escapes that are probably what they wanted you to feel the whole time. Right. Yeah. I don't know. When you nail the counter on the Emmy, you're like, yeah. And then you're like, Oh, I got to slide through its legs and run away. And then you just got caught again. Right. Like I I was enjoying, I mentioned it last week. Like I was enjoying just skipping the invisibility and just running from those things. Cause if you're really nimble, you kind of can get away from them. And then they start giving them this like very minor mechanic spoilers here. But 
then they just start giving them the ability to like one of them can freeze you in place if it even like makes like a line of sight eye contact with you. It's not fun. Which freezes you and does a bunch of damage. Another one can shoot through walls at you, like see through walls and shoot through walls. Like it's just like it's just this escalating process of fuck you <laughs> every time you meet and do one of those things. It's just ugh. yeah. I so on the whole, I think the Emmy stuff for me did not work. I know some people really like it; they like getting through it. I think eventually they become. I I, I like blowing up an Emmy, so I like the puzzle part of getting the super yes. cannon or whatever, yes. and then trying to find the way. To, I enjoyed that part. Like having to be like, all oh, right, I need enough runway here to 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 melt the Emmy face and then shoot it. And that part was fun. I didn't mind like, doing that over and over. Yeah. Like using using the environment in clever ways to to create that space for yourself is pretty satisfying for sure. Yeah. And it usually um, ends, you know, and that part ends with you getting some kind of power up usually or the Emmy's done and that clears the room. So it's satisfying. Yeah. But I actually you- I actually really like the storytelling in that game. Like with the little of- sphere, the big sphere. Uh, oh, that you're talking to your ship computer. Like that yeah. stuff's okay. I'm, I'm talking more My the actual like, cutscenes. Asshole. <laughs> That's I. I think it's a good dry. No, it's perfect. Like it's what it should be. But I just that computer is an asshole. <laughs> it is. It is a bit blunt occasionally. It's got a very familiar <laughs> tone to it. Yeah. Yes. It's yeah. It's kind of there's like one part where it's like you are no match for for this enemy. Mm-hmm. Even when you are at full strength, you will be no match for this enemy. <laughs> like it's just very bluntly telling you, nope, <laughs> not for um, you. Well, I mean, it's hard to talk about without getting into the specifics of what the story is about, but like the, the, I'm talking more of the cutscenes that you start really hitting in the middle of the game. Okay. Where there's actual dialogue with sure. characters and things yeah, yeah, are yeah. happening and like Samus speaks. Yes. Yes. Very briefly, briefly but, but yes. Like, yeah, yeah, it was kind of unexpected. I think that stuff is handled pretty well and like the callbacks to other Metroid games are fun. Brad, um, you should finish that game. Yeah. I'm curious to see where it's going because I did not expect them to get this heavy into story. You, sh- I would love to have a conversation with you about that game and the ending of it. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty close. I'm sure I'll be done with it by next week. Also, that last boss is a real. That I am also like weirdly, perversely excited to see the last couple bosses, especially that last boss, just because of the like legend of that last boss that is growing on Twitter. Are people talking about it? I see people who love it, and there are people who say it's the worst shit ever. Dude, like I've seen people saying like it took him three hours to beat that boss. I told you it took me a full hour, right? Remember I said like my play time was eight eight hours, and then it was like uh, my save time was eight hours, but my play time was nine and something. Yep. Yep. Uh, It makes me feel better. I have not seen that stuff online because. like I said uh, last time, the pattern recognition in that game is absolute. And so is, every time there's a new pattern, boy. I would die to it. And then I'd have to spend a couple of times learning that. And then if there's a new pattern, I would die to it. Like, man, the timing on that stuff is so unforgiving. Unforgiving, but it's uh, it can be unforgiving and the controller doesn't help. The way they map the controls is is not on your side. Whether it's like trying to figure out to remember what the grapple combination is or um, the way they institute turning in or sliding or hitting down or turning into the ball on the analog stick where you're like, Oh, I need to duck. So, you know, eventually I learned to just tap the, I think it's the left trigger or the shoulder button to just turn into the ball instead of trying to actually hit down because on the analog stick, sometimes you just aim down instead of turning into the ball. Yeah. So you can just hit the button to turn into the ball. But like another, another one of those is when you use the grapple beam, Ugh. there's, there's the ZR grapple beam toggle and then you hit fire to shoot the beam. Yeah. You can let off of the toggle that you can't let off a of fire or it will cancel the beam. But yes. I, it, my hands think it should be the other way. <laughs> my hands think you should tap fire and keep holding the grapple beam toggle. Right. 
that there, makes more sense, there are but... a lot of things that game asks you to do control wise where yeah. my hand thinks it should be doing one thing but it's doing another and some of that is down to nintendo's button placement on those controllers but the other part of it is there's, there's some design choices in that game when it comes to the controls yeah there are parts of it that just don't feel quite metroid enough to me in terms of polish and just like elegance if that makes sense like mm-hmm. i think of i tend to think of most of the metroid games especially like super metroid and prime as being just like like sublimely well designed right in terms of in terms of funneling your exploration, like mm. pacing oh, out yeah. pacing out upgrades mm. in a way that is like it makes sense and helps you like figure out how to use them to further explore and stuff like that. Like there's been a couple spots in this game where it felt like I got like six different new items in like 30, 45 minutes. Yeah. And I'm like, whoa, like slow down. <laughs> you're supposed to you're supposed to give me one at a time so I know that I'm supposed to use that one to go explore more. They they do some weird things too, and again, if I talked about this last week, I'm sorry, but uh, they do some weird things with the size. The map is a spaghetti thing where you're like every area connects to every other area five different ways from Sunday. Yes, uh, and they cordon off each area into these kind of tiny chunks, um, which can make the exploration feel more uh, labyrinthian than it should. Like you're it, you're kind of yeah. cordoned off into this lower left area of a map and you're not sure if you should be in a totally different area or, or not because you can't get there quite as easily as you maybe think you should. There are there are so many times that you can't get to a big chunk of the zone you're in. Yeah. Because it's just nothing but dead ends. Even, even stuff like they just close doors off behind you after you go through them, you know? Mm-hmm. And I really wish the map would just call out like, hey, here's the part you can actually explore right now. Like, like you don't need to zoom in and Google Maps your way through all these pathways to make sure you can or can't yeah. go there. We're we're just going to tell you this is the small chunk of this area you can actually get to right now. They have a particular thing, the sealed door, which really gets in your way yeah. a lot, that, where you can only open it from the other side, and that is a thing where you have to really check the map a lot, or at least for me, I had to check the map yes, a lot. Yes, that that is the last thing for me that has kind of been bumming me out. Is like I've just I've gotten stuck like three, four times, just not knowing where I need to go next, and I yeah. have to follow all those pathways to make sure, like, okay, no, I can't go that way. That door closed and is sealed now. I will say, like, so, so having I beat it, I, I think if you are backtracking more than like. Every time, every time I backtrack, it was a mistake. I didn't have to backtrack that much. It, usually, there was just a hidden block I missed yeah, somewhere. Yeah, that's that has been pretty much my exact experience. Yeah, like you get into an area, you're like, I can't go anywhere here. And eventually, I was just like, I just got to shoot the right block. I can go somewhere here. Because they'll usually, their formula seems to be go to an area, show you the door you're going to have to open later with the power up, and then seal everything else off. And it's like, okay, where do I have to shoot to go underneath this door? And then I'll come back around and get the power. And I get it. Like, secrets, they're a big thing in these kinds of games. You want to be poking and prodding in every corner of the world wherever you can. I just, I think my mind is not wired <laughs> to think that way. It's part of what I have, the problem I have with just this brand of game is that, like, I just don't think I'm hardwired to look for the things that the mm. game wants me to look for. And, you know, as, as many of them as I have played over the years, like just something about that has never quite clicked. And I, I again, I think the world in this one is pretty well designed for the most part. Like there have been times when I've gotten stuck in areas where it felt like it just took me too damn long to get to the next thing because, you know, I was just having to be in an inopportune place. But, you know, I've been more inspired to poke and prod at this one than I have a lot of other games like it. It's just that the Emmy stuff just keeps knocking me like Whenever I get a little momentum built up, it's just like, hey, fuck you. Here's one of these things. I mean, I, I think even they know, like, first of all, I don't think it's possible to find anywhere near all the secrets in this game yourself. Like, the map is just too dense and busy yeah. from zone to zone. But also, I think they've realized that because they just give you an item halfway through the game that just lets that just shows every secret block on the map. Right. 
Like you could just ping the environment whenever you want and it'll just highlight every block that you can shoot. It's it's um, it's the getting it, to that. It got, that's got a, little, a lot easier to get around after yeah. I got that thing. Well, yeah, I, I think the way that they make the challenge they introduce are the the those spark shine stuff. Yeah, like the, those puzzles yeah. are are. I gave up on them because they were just. I was not having fun doing them. Uh, I felt like I was fighting against the controls a little too much. I never quite got it down, but then again, I didn't spend too too much time rehearsing it or practicing it. Uh, but I, overall, I, I think the mobility in that game is fun for yes. me, for me, that treadmill, Alex, you were talking about the kind of poking around for me, that treadmill of like, Oh, if I just had the morph ball, I could I blow this whole plate. I would open up everything. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then you get the morph ball. You're like, Oh, if I could just jump higher underwater, I would, I would be able to get to everything. Everything now is just jump higher in the water. And then you get that and you're like, Oh, if I, you know, the, yeah. the next ability is the one that's going to really blow it open. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and that's that was fun, and so I did like that. I think by the end the mobility is great. I think you're really cruising through those maps, even when you are backtracking. Samus moves; she moves so quickly. She's yeah. so fast, and and it really is the thing where you like you do this like cartoon kind of back on two heels Scooby Doo thing when you walk into an Emmy room, right? Like you're like, Urgh! and it slows everything down so much that. Eventually, you're just burning through those as quickly as you can also. Even if you're getting stopped by an Emmy through some of their BS, you're like, whatever, I'll just do that again. Uh, so you're moving so quickly in that. Uh, but I did not, after I beat it, I did not feel an urge to go back and, and like 100% it. Um, I gotta say, there were points in that hour of fighting that boss where I was like, should I go get some more missile tanks? <laughs> like, uh, Or should I go get some more, maybe I should go get some more health tanks. Like, um maybe I'm not quite ready for this, but I didn't want to. I just want, I was so close that, uh, I, I eventually I, I was powered through. And again, that pattern recognition where it's like, okay, well now I can get through the first two phases of this unscathed. Exactly. That's, that's what it is. It's it's not necessarily that you need more health. It's just, you got to get better at like, cause you will start executing well enough that the health doesn't matter as much. Yeah. Although like the damage scaling in that game is bizarre <laughs> because like, there are plenty of enemies, especially like mini bosses and stuff, that'll do like an energy tank and a half in one hit. Yeah, they're it's like I was like, whoa, they're <laughs> they're tough. Well, hold up, this this is like some the Metroid energy economy has seen a lot of inflation apparently. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, yeah, you'll get you'll get. I mean, I assume every power up. Yeah, I think every power up you have to get. I don't think there's anything missable. I thought for I thought for a while when I got that thing you talked about the item locator that. um I was like, oh, are there going to be some optional things here? Because this one feels like an optional pickup. Are there going to be some optional pickups here? I didn't, I don't think I necessarily found anything else that I felt was not needed to progress through a room. Yeah, I think it's, it's just missile tanks and like energy shards are the only things you might miss. Yeah. Yeah. Because everything else has like a associated block or door with it or, or environmental hazard. Um, yeah, it's, I, I really like it. I, I think it is. I think you, like you said, flawed in places, but I actually really enjoyed it. And I found finishing the game, the boss satisfying. And then I need to talk to somebody about the end of that game. I guess I can definitely see that building for me. I'm pretty similar situation. Like as much as I've got some issues with it, I kind of can't put it down. Okay. At the same time. I can't wait to to finish it. I'll maybe I'll go into discord and start talking to people about the ending. It is like, it, 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 it pumps the, it puts the foot down on the gas in a way that just drives out of the showroom on the 15th floor of the building kind of way. We're huh. like, hmm. what? Okay. And then like, okay. All right. Like, are we done? Are we done here? Are you talking boss fight or story? Story. Interesting. Uh, okay. Now I, wow. I, I kind of expected like a really perfunctory, like you did it. You completed the mission. Hooray. Fly away. Kind of thing. 
No. So if, if there's something going on there, <laughs> I extra need to see that. You should check again, it out. Like, some of that mid-game stuff is kind of wild. Like, I don't want to say too much about what happens there, but... I mean, maybe I haven't been following along with the, uh, uh, the Samus Chronicles. Well, that's the thing. Like, like, setting aside Other M, which I think most people are willing to do. Like, Metroid has not had a lot of story over time, right? I, I don't like, know. Really, like, according really to not. this, there it has. Like there, <laughs> like, there is story, but it's just, it's always very in the background to it's me. Pretty like, basic stu- it's, it's pretty basic stuff that is almost always communicated purely in the intro, except for, you know, like, These are mood ha- games. They always have been mood games. Yeah, you know, like, you know, like, there's the stuff with the baby Metroid at the end of Super Metroid and some, some in-game stuff here and there like that, but it's never been very narrative forward series. Yeah. I don't know. Until well, now, apparently. So you, I need you to but tell me if this whole thing's busted wide open. If I'm overblowing that ending, but well, I, I mean, I'm, listen, it's not, it's not the, it's not like that bananas, but it is definitely some stuff I was not expecting. Me like, okay. all right, well, that mean, that makes me extra excited to finish it and see what that is about. Because I mean, you know, like Nintendo was saying back when they announced this game, they were like, oh, this is the end of the Metroid saga. Like, Metroid is moving on from Metroids after this. I think is kind of what they said. Sure, is it still Metroid so, without Metroids. So I don't know. Destroyed. Um. The uh, there's a pretty good. I saw somebody had posted in hours, and as soon as I saw this image of Samus, I was like, "This is gonna be the thing that comes out of this game of uh, of angry Samus." Uh, huh. I don't know if you guys have seen that image floating no. around, but uh, no. it is like this is real weird animation. Huh. <laughs> this is a. Okay. This is, uh, <laughs> <Interesting>. <laughs> I'm just thinking back to the caption somebody put on our Discord, which was mm-hmm. uh, uh, pretty good, pretty good. All right. Uh, the game, I'll, I'll mention, I, I had this in news, but I'll just mention real fast. It's doing very well, by at least by Metroid standards. Yeah. Like, biggest biggest launch for a Metroid game ever in Japan, which is kind of a big deal, because Metroid has traditionally not sold in Japan very well. Mm. Um, How are the PC sales? Very, very clever. Good stuff there. Good I like stuff. It. That's, our, that's a harken back to our story that's, about the How dare you? How dare you encourage people. piracy? Um, um well so metroid dread out uh yeah yeah i'm it, i'm super curious to see where things go from here with yeah. this like it's it's by all accounts i think it's like selling like it was number one in the uk i think like it's probably like up there for metroid <laughs> launches so we'll see where this stuff goes i mean you know like that's been the story about metroid for years right is nintendo doesn't want to make metroid like that's the thing that has pissed everybody off so I wonder if they change their tune on this. And I wonder if Mercury Steam gets to keep doing it or if they pivot back to a different studio. Obviously, th- Prime Prime 4 is coming, but that's kind of a different thing. I think this is a very, very good game with some with some clunky parts to it, but I, I enjoyed it. Uh, and, you know, not super duper long. Uh, you know, yeah. Again, like eight or well, nine hours for me. I guess it yeah, depends what you're doing. Yeah, well, yeah. And also, like, what the save file says. <laughs> like, <laughs> the actual time spent. <laughs> Remember yeah. the the switch has got I mean it's a very fuzzy clock but the switch itself has that per game kind of played time. Oh, thing. I should look at that. I didn't but know. But it's that. always like oh, a few hours like oh. less than a day. <laughs> I should see. I but, should see what it is. But does. yeah, like cuz yes, the amount of backtracking I've done and dying on bosses and stuff like that, yeah. Uh another game that uh, uh was uh came out that is or well, that actually is on the PC but also on uh, consoles or on Xbox I should say on Game Pass and uh, PlayStation is Rift Breaker or the Rift Breaker I really Oh so it's the it. first one I see Yes it's, it's the, it, origin it was story the reboot of, yeah Yes okay uh Rift Breaker is uh, which I for will now be referred to as Rift Breaker uh 
is a more RTS game than I was expecting. So it is, okay. I, how do you describe, think of an RTS game in 2021. And this is probably, it's going to have a mix of upgrades for your character. It's going to be a character game, right? And mm-hmm. it's going to be, it's going to have some tower defense. Uh, or tower defense, if you want to say it like that. Uh, and it's going to have, uh, obviously, RTS base building. Uh, and this this and it's going to have a tech tree, right? Obviously. And this game has all of those. So uh, probably the best way to describe this is to describe the setup of it. So you're kind of this, you're in this rope mech suit. You're in your, and it's like you've got this Jarvis kind of AI kind of thing with you, which is basically the mech suit, uh, from what I can understand of it. I've only put about two or three hours into it, so I'm not that deep into it. Um, actually maybe fewer than that. So the setup is you're building this kind of outpost to, uh, uh, extract resources from this planet and doing that, you're making your power grid, you're, you're, you know, getting energy. There are spots of ore, which you then need to mine to turn into X, Y, Z and do all this stuff. At the same time, you have your character. So you have action in the game as you fight the environment, the, the kind of characters that are in the environment, mobs of uh, enemies, kind of like factorial bugs. Thought, the screenshots looked very factorial to me, the way yeah. that the way that it was like swarms of kind of zergling looking things. Yeah, yeah. So the, you, you kind of have that kind of thing. So you can put turrets up around your base and walls around your base to uh, defend it from waves that'll come as you build up your base. So you build up your base. Sometimes you're triggered by things you do. Hey, if you upgrade your main command center, this is going to make whatever racket it's going to make. That's going to attract a swarm. So it very much has the thing of like incoming swarm, uh, uh, you know, coming from the Northwest, you know, that kind of thing. I hate when they come from the Northwest. Yeah. That's a tough area. The worst West. (laughs) So you got to build your turrets and then you've got your tech tree. So you're, you're investing in better tech and upgrades and stuff like that. And it's got a pretty good onboarding, uh, which which helps you get uh, a lay of the land for this type of game. And I found it really satisfying. So I found the loop of it to not feel too grindish like some of these games can. And like I'm moving pretty quickly through it in a way that I feel like I'm getting upgraded guns for my character. I'm getting upgraded um, components for my base. Yeah, I like get to build walls. What's up with that robot? Because that's kind of the the crucial thing. Is the robot just a glorified cursor, or is it a hero? No, like, no. That's, you know so that's what you're. That's the con- character you're controlling, and it's got, uh, I think, three weapon slots for melee, three for for uh, ranged weapons, and you're like putting shotguns and rifles and different types of upgrades for those weapons as you're going out and slaying the environment. You know, you uh, know what? You know what people say about hero units and RTSs. They killed them killed rts game so this is this is kind of a character action game mixed slammed into an rts game slammed into tower defense oh so it's brutal legend oh don't come on brutal legend deserves better than that oh wait wait riff breaker is pretty good i actually say riff breaker probably deserves better than that brutal legend is a good game god damn it Mm, this game brutal brutal legend i felt like was a little more in the uh um oh gosh what was the one that you just played uh, Brad, that was the remake from the SNES game, or the Angel. Uh, oh, Actraiser. Yeah, I feel like Brutal Legend yeah. was a little more confused in a way that kind of Actraiser mm. was like separating its uh, like, hey, now you're gonna go into this RTS thing or this 
melee thing. I mean, the main we, thing is that the actual action in Brutal Legend was not that great. Like, the I mean, RTS stuff was a little more interesting, even though it was kind of jarring, but, like, I feel like the actual, like, hack-and-slash gameplay of that thing was not very good. I mean, it's been interesting. We just passed, I don't know which anniversary it was, but some Brutal Legend anniversary. I don't mm. know if it was the 10th or something, but, like, enough that got a bunch of Double Fine people, including Tim Schafer, tweeting about Brutal Legend a bunch. But like one of the things he mentioned again recently that I had kind of forgotten about is that that game started as an RTS game. Mm. Like he flat out admitted on Twitter, like, hey, we didn't even decide to put a single player campaign in that game until like a year into development. So like the open world single player stuff not being amazing kind of makes sense. But also I feel like most people, I feel like the RTS stuff was like completely lost on most people in that game. Yeah. So I, I guess I should say in Rift Breaker, you're not making units. I don't know if that's a deal breaker for calling it an RTS adjacent game. Hmm, so you're, you're, I might, I like, might fall might on that foul. side. Like you well, are, yeah. but, but you are building buildings that make ammo and make, so it's almost maybe more factory. That That is, that sounds more factory slash tower defense to me. I think, yeah. I, I think I would like a lot, especially competitive RTS players would definitely argue that micro is like the core of an RTS. Yeah, so you're not doing that. You're not. You're not okay. like you're not whip selecting a bunch of units and, yeah. and going all over the place. You are a character, so maybe it's more factory meets factory building game meets um, tower defense. That sounds action. interesting. Yeah, I like I I liked it because it had like I said RTS because it has like basic plant your base style stuff. Like hey, put this unit, put this box down here, put this box down here, upgrade this box to make better things that come out of it right and it's got the tech tree that's like now this can make you know your apothecary can make this kind of a unit um or not unit but upgrade so you know it, it's scratching those itches for me rift that's breaker cool. game pass um mm-hmm. i so i bought it on steam uh when i was talking to somebody about it i bought it on steam where they're like it's on game pass and i was <laughs> like ah too late you always um, gotta do the game pass check yeah so i did not try it uh, with a controller because uh, I think it's on console, and I, I assume it's on PC Game Pass, but at that point, I, I felt so bad for myself, I didn't even look. Uh, but I played it with mouse and keyboard, and that seemed to be the way I enjoyed it, especially even with the character action stuff. I could see the character action stuff being great on the controller, but the base building being not so great, and the reverse being true, but it played fine with the mouse and keyboard. Are, are you full-on getting out there like when the swarms come in with the robot? Like, does, does, yep. I mean, the real question is, does the robot have a sword? Like, oh, yes. Yeah. Is, is it a mech or a mecha? It's got a sword and a gun. It's a sword on one hand and a gun on okay. the other hand. Okay, so, so it's, a, it's a mecha. And you switch weapons, so... Okay. Uh, so you're I just mean, out there. You're just out there cleaving the horde with literally just swinging a giant sword around. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it's pretty fun. It's worth checking out if any of those elements appeal. Uh, and it seems pretty tight. They do have this a uh, uh, couple of lines because you're obviously going there to just wipe this planet, <laughs> you know. Like, and they do have a couple of lines of just like, I think I could do this without destroying the planet. And your kind of AI is like, that's not the goal here. <laughs> <laughs> So I don't know. It's interesting. Fucking goddamn emotionless computers <laughs> ruin everything. <laughs> so it's interesting. I uh, I'm enjoying my time with it. Does, so that, does that have any multiplayer at all? Not that I've dug okay. into. If it does, I've just missed it. Uh, so I, I'm not. I don't want to say one way or the other, but I don't think so. Okay, uh, is what I would say. Uh, into the pit. Yeah. Another uh, another one that has come out for uh, fifteen dollars on the PC and on Game Pass. Yes. Into I, the I, pit. I apologize every time I do this. No disrespect to the developers because it always sounds reductive, but they mashed up X with Y type mm-hmm. stuff. It's just too easy. 
In this case, they matched up Hades and Quake. Okay. Like, that's pretty much the beginning and, and the end of it for me. Would you, so it's Quakies. <laughs> sure. Would you, would you, would it be fair to say with a slight bit of devil daggers in there yes, somewhere? Yes, yes. Actually, that is a yeah, very fair point, like for multiple reasons, I think. It's fast. Uh, it's very fast. Um, it, it is a first person shooter roguelike. I mean, that's mm-hmm. if you really just want to get down to brass tacks. But it's very Devil Daggers-like, and for one thing, there are no guns. Your hands are the guns, and you are just shooting yes. magic out of your hands. I guess that makes it also very heretic or hexen in a way. Yeah, I was going to say that, um, too. The other Devil Daggers thing, though, is they are very willing to surround you with enemies in this game. Mm. Just like in Devil Daggers. like they, you can, never, you can never just stop looking behind you, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? Yes. Like You kind of always have to worry about getting swarmed by stuff on all sides, because you know, it's a roguelike, and you will die very quick, and that's it. And things appear, dead. like they yes. appear in the, they spawn in the environment. Yeah. Um, but it, the structure is extremely Hades. Like it's, it's, yes. ru- it's yes. both run based and room based. Like every depth of the dungeon you go to has rooms spoking off of it. And they even each have an icon over the door that shows what kind of room it is. Like it's very much that. Um, so you can say like, oh, this is a healing room. I'm not gonna have to fight in here. I can get some health back or here is their type of room where I can rescue a villager and send them back to the hub to try to unlock new vendors. Stuff like that. Even down um, to like the um, boons or buffs. The, the, boon, the boon screen is extremely hideous. Yeah. <laughs> Again, like this game's pretty neat. Like it plays really well, at least on a mouse and keyboard. I didn't love it on an Xbox. A little tough to hit those flying guys. Yeah, I the... don't, I, I did not. Like I, I, it was at the point where I, I started playing it on the Xbox and I was like, I don't know if this is really clicking for me. And then I moved over to mouse and keyboard on the PC and I was like, oh no, this plays exactly right. <laughs> just, just don't play it on a controller. Yeah, you, unless unless you enjoy that, unless that's the way you play games. I was, it yes, was okay but, for me, but I definitely felt as I was playing it, being like, I wish I had that mouse aim. Like, there's some there's real there's, swinging around. You there's there's not a ton of auto aim on the controller, from what I found. Yeah. Like, it's it's a little tough to hit some of those moving targets on the controller in a way that it was totally not with a mouse. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's it's full on. Like, you know, you're equipping spells on each hand, and that you can pick what kinds of projectiles you want, and then you're getting like, oh. These have slow on them now. Like this, mm-hmm. this, this hand has curse. Right. Like uh, you know, there are passive buffs. Like it is very much that roguelike thing of just every time you finish a chamber, you can pick from three boons. Right. Range plus two on this hand. Yeah. And, and then there's a hub. Like I said, you are finding villagers that go back to the hub and and unlock vendors. Like it's it's pretty straightforward what it is, but it plays very well. It's, it's fast. Um, it's a, it's, very it's, fast. It's, it's very fast. fast. You got that 90 mile an hour run going. Like, I mean, like the, the arenas straight up have bounce pads, like jump pads. <laughs> they do. They totally like, do. Like they super are not fucking around about what kind of shooter this is. Yes. Um, the only other thing I will say about it is I think the look is really striking. Uh, yeah. it's, it's, it's kind of up there with inscription where they're both like mid nineties, like low res pixely bad polygons, I mm. guess. Um, but this game's doing it really well because it's very stylized. It's not just trying to look like Quake did in 1996. Like it's got modern lighting, you know. It's got it's got lots of modern effects in it, just with swimmy polygons and and kind of low res everything. Yeah. So it's like a really good stylized mix of old and new, if that makes sense. I yeah, think, yeah. I think the, it's it's pretty busy. It's pretty in your face and like neon everywhere. But I think the look really works. I think the characters mostly read. The contrast is pretty good for the enemies. Like I yeah. I, I haven't gotten. Like I don't think they get lost in the in the it's like it's busy it's messy yeah, yeah but I think it still reads pretty well it's kind of, it's kind of it's kind of a fine distinction for me but when when this first wave of like oh we're making PlayStation One looking games now like that's a trend in indie visual design now like 
when that first started and people were just doing that, they weren't like embellishing it. You know, they were just trying to make games that looked like PlayStation games. I was not really into it. Mm. But now that people have started kind of adding their own flourishes to that style that they couldn't have done before, I think is what's really making it work in games like this. That whole style to me, and maybe it's because I didn't spend a lot of time with the PS1 in my youth, has that vibe. It looks like mode seven turning or like when a, a, a when stuff used to when sprites would rotate and they just get all like the squares sure. and stuff get all yeah. distorted and bad and and look so grungy yeah. until it settles back into a 90 degree angle or a, you know some like when you turn sprites uh, diagonally or at an offset angle that doesn't snap right and they just look gross right uh um, like it's trying to interpolate the pixels all weird yeah yeah diagonal. Like it, yeah, yeah, where stuff like like stuff in Symphony of the Night or something, where it'd be like, okay, something's mm. rotating or something's happening, and it's like this is gross until it works again. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that I, I, which is a look that if you do it well, I mean, I, we should also say this has that kind of Victorian, uh, um, uh, eldritch kind yes. of vibe to it, a bit, bit Cthulhu esque. Yes, very much Lovecraftian. So. I think even to the point where they say like you know, you're reading letters from, uh, your missing cousin. Co- cousin. I think it's your cousin. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's, it's very dearest. much dearest. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, but into the pit, um, there's a village with a pit in it and bad stuff happened in the pit. That's, that's for sure. Yeah. Truth and advertising on that one. Yeah. There's the, the elderman. Is that what they, the, the, they know what they did. The elderman, the elderman, the alderman. alderman, something like that. Yeah. I think they that's right. Yeah. Dug too deep. I guess uh, it's not gonna. I don't think it's gonna blow any minds, but it plays really well, and it's on Game Pass. So, yeah. give it PC shot. and Game Pass, fifteen bucks. Speaking of blowing minds, and speaking of villages, how is the good life? It's okay. Okay. So I should I should preface this now. Say I was a backer on this game. Uh, I the version I'm playing is the PC code I got as being a backer for the good do to, life. Do you get to choose? Is that just a, I, a per a per Kickstarter thing? I think I did, and I think I just chose PC because I I just did at the time. Also, also, like when did he? When did they kickstart this? It's been years. Right? It's been at least a couple of years. I'm like, gonna say I think they kickstarted around 2017 or 2018. <laughs> at that point, it's like I'm gonna pick the one platform that I know will still be a going concern by the time <laughs> yeah. this comes out. Yeah, I don't remember exactly why I picked PC, but I did. Um, but so I'm playing the Steam version, and uh, so this is the new game from Swery. And his studio, White Owls, uh, again, he has made some other stuff outside of the, during the period in which he was developing this game. But I think this is officially the first announced project from White Owls as a studio. Um, And if you know Swery, you kind of know at least a little bit of what you're getting into here. The characters are going to be a little odd. The premise is going to be a little weird. The gameplay might not be all the way there. (laughs) Uh, And I can tell you right now that just about all those things are true here. Though it is a different approach. Uh, He is not doing... His hard-boiled detective shit, uh, or, you know, like anything that is particularly action-oriented. This is an open-world kind of life simulatory game. Mm. Um, you play a woman named Naomi who is sent to a sort of bucolic British village that is, uh, I guess, sort of known as the happiest village in the world or something along those lines. And you're there to kind of get to the secret of why that is. Also, you have an incredible amount of debt that you are trying to pay off. Uh, something uh-huh. in danger of like 30 million pounds, I think is what they say it is, that you need to pay off. Funny, funny how common a story thread that is these days. <laughs> I wonder why that could be. Yeah, so you get paid by uploading photos to this like social media thing, and then you're also doing missions and jobs for people and stuff like that. Um, 
it's it's all a little all over the place, but I kind of went into this game figuring that would be the case because that's just, you know, that's the sweary experience. Not everything is there to be coherent, and certainly it is not. The vibe here is very cheerful. Um, it is... All the characters are very cartoony looking. The sort of vibe in the village kind of reminds me of sort of like the in the village parts of like a Legend of Zelda game where all everyone's just kind of, you know, bubbly and cartoony and weird. Um, but, you know, it's done in a much more like, hey, you're in this British town. Everything's very picturesque. But also the big secret is that at night, everyone in the village turns into dogs and cats. Oh, dogs, too? I thought this was just a cat game. So it started out as a cat game, and I think at some point they decided to add dogs. I don't remember oh, if it was the, like a milestone the, thing. They, yeah, they hit the stretch goal, and then now dogs are in. It's distinctly possible that it was. I, I So I backed this just because I kind of wanted Swery's new thing to take off, and uh, I did not really follow the production of, of it that closely. I was just like, I'm going to play it regardless, so why not? Um, I've only played about, I'd say, like, three or four hours of it at this point, um, and I kind of feel like I've maybe gotten my fill of it. Mm. Uh, it's, there is, it's not without its charm, is the way I would, I would gently put it. Uh, the characters are weird, there are some fun ones in there, the cats and dogs are very cute, um, mechanically it's not that bad like there are some i've noticed a couple of little bugs here and there but for the most part like the things that the game wants to do it you can just kind of do the bigger issue is that to me a lot of the stuff that it asks you to do feels kind of underdeveloped a lot of this game is photography the photography missions are not that interesting the photography elements of the game are not that interesting like going around taking the pictures like it's not like a um, uh, Umurangi generation where, like, the photography is so much, like, the core of the thing and, like, you you either are on board with that or not. Like, it's... For a thing that is a photography game, it all feels a little vestigial. Like, mm. it's like the, the camera mechanics are not really that interesting or that exciting and going around taking pictures of stuff is not really that exciting. And a lot of the missions, at least from what I've done so far, are very, here is a job list. Just do these errands for people. Do things, you know, like, upload more photos do errands for the people around the town while you were trying to uncover this mystery of why everyone is dogs and cats at night. But, but did you uncover the mystery? Well, you, know, a, you know that they are dogs and cats, but you don't know why. Yeah, there's like a storyteller element where the narrator is kind of telling you about some of the history of this place, and like it's revealing some things through that, but like they haven't really gotten to the meat of what the, the overall thing is, at least in, in what I've played so far. Do you turn into a dog or a cat? Uh, you are given a potion by a weird hippie witch, uh, that turns you into a cat. Um, so yes, there are times, certainly, where you are doing the cat thing. How's the cat thing? It's, <laughs> so I haven't done a lot of the cat thing. I've done okay. some, but, uh, it seems fine. Again, everything... It's all there are all a lot of interesting ideas and concepts kind of floating around in this thing, but I don't get this sense that they are all coming together in a way that is like super interesting at least to me mm. and i think the unfortunate thing is that i also spent a bunch of time playing lake this year and as far as a go hang out in a nice small town that is very picturesque and just kind of do jobs game goes i was much more interested in what it was doing versus what this one is did you finish lake uh, I'm pretty close to the end. It's not a very okay. long game. I just, I put it down in favor of some other things. And I just need to I go have, back and do the last couple of days. After we talked about it last, somebody, uh, somebody I know who is a postal worker 
hit me up about that conversation. They were just like, what, what the fuck is this? Like, you, you don't just like show up in your hometown and just decide to be a postal worker. That's not how that works. Like you got to apply for that job. You got to qualify for it. You got to, it's a federal job. You can't just say, Hey, I'm a postal worker now. And just Look, show up. It's the 1980s. You're filling in because your dad has retired in that game. And so you're just kind of taking over, you know, his route for a couple of weeks while probably while they find someone more permanent, but you know, nonetheless, uh, it is, it is, you're right. I'm saying you're right that it is, that is maybe a bit of a stretch, but as far as like just the it is it is homey and kind of nice and just pleasant and you know engaging with the characters, like Lake was doing a lot more for me here. The wackiness of this one is not super over the top, like certainly not in like a D4 or Deadly Premonition kind of way. But the characters are weirdos, you know, and mm-hmm. they're they're kind of all over the place, and I feel like. That is the only thing that is kind of keeping me hooked into the good life is the part where they are just kind of odd, like the oddballs are the only thing that are really pulling me in. Oh, my God. I had to look up D4 after you said that. I like brain would not <laughs> connect the right Dark synapses. Dreams don't die. God, what the ha- man? Mm. That just wow. I or, or do they? In some ways, that might have been Swery's best game, and unfortunately, he only got to do the first chapter of an episodic thing. Right. That's right. Okay, that's probably why. Yeah. yeah. Also, it was a Kinect game. That was the other reason why Ooh, you don't remember it. Boy. <laughs> that's hey, listen. It was actually one of the best Kinect games from that Ooh. early Xbox One era. It was one of the only ones that kind of did what it was supposed to do. All right, I have to ask before we move on from this game. Mm-hmm. Dog or cat, what would you be? If I could choose? Yeah, of course. Cat. Hmm. All the way. Hmm. I'd probably be a cat. Even though I'm, so? a, I'm a dog person, but for me, like a cat has much more, I feel like a cat has much more independence. I, I, yeah, like I think like being able to jump really high would be useful, but if it, I also feel like dogs have way more fun. Oh, yeah, but I don't know. I mean, I, as someone who is currently, you know, uh, managing some serious kitten energy around here, they love to play too. You know, like when they get older, certainly they they tend to get a little more sedentary. But uh, cats cats like to have fun. But like, if you're a dog, and you're not, if if you, if you're a dog and you like kind of get angry because somebody's petting you, people feel like there's a problem with your dog. Like, oh man, oh don't pet him. Like, don't pet her. She's like that, that dog is. But if you're a cat, you could just be like. Oh, you know, it's a cat. Don't pet the cat. You know? <laughs> I'm not the really get, cats get the away mood. with way too much. Yeah. yeah. So like, I feel like cats can just be like, you know what? That cat's not a people person. And if like you're a dog and not a people person, <laughs> like, oh, what kind of dog is that? Like, you're just expected to be happy. And that's, not, I don't want to, I don't want that. Yeah. Like, I, mean, I, know, cat, I think the cat lifestyle just speaks to me more. Yeah. Just lazing out in the sun. I mean, my mm-hmm. dog lays out in the sun too, but I walk up to my dog all the time. Just rub that thing. Silly. Like just pet that dog. And like, you're a good dog. Mm-hmm. Hey dog. And like, you know, I never ask if everybody's like, is it okay if I just ruin your sleep right now by going up to you? <laughs> but if that were a cat, that cat would just take a swipe at me. <laughs> It'd just be like, you have to gently give it that like back of the knuckle kind of rub down the spine thing. It's like, dog. oh, that's just, that's just Morris being Morris. Yeah. Like, yeah. like, okay, all right, I'll feed you and I'll change your litter box and that's the relationship we'll have. That's, I guess this is, you're just some kind of parasite and like the dog is expected <laughs> to like give back. So. Yeah, but yeah. but yeah, the good life. I good life. look. I'm not too much past the the early sort of like prologue, early chapter stuff in that game. Maybe it gets more interesting. But I, I just based on the kind of the dialogue I've seen around it so far, it seems it sounds like it maybe doesn't. So I don't know. I, I I think there's there's some fun character stuff in there, and you know the the cat and dog shit is is definitely like funny, but like. <laughs> 
I like funny cat and dog shit. Yeah, I just I, I I think that the actual open world game they have maybe made here is not that enticing to me. That sounds like a sweary joint. <laughs> yeah. Play the missing if you want some good sweary stuff and you missed that. If you missed the missing. Yeah. The good um, life, thirty dollars, PC, PS4, Xbox One, Switch. Yes. Switch is out. At the same time? I think the Switch version might be a little rough. Okay. Uh, I've seen some reviews for that one. That seemed to be the one that was uh, reviewing least. And, you Don't know, say. Yeah, it's the Switch. Uh, but speaking of life, Vinny, and you didn't yeah. put this on the list, but I feel like we should at least address it briefly. Definitely, yes, uh, yes. I hear life is strange. A life is strange, but uh, if you get it, but you discover your true colors? Life is strange, but uh, life is strange. True colors is uh, a heck of a game. I think. I think. Uh, I think. I think. Life we is strange. It to th- this week on stream. Yeah. If you really want to dig in and see what our thoughts are, you can watch that last episode. We kind of go over. It. Of course, that'll have spoilers in it for Life is Strange. Yeah. So if you're looking for my not spoiler take, is I think life. Is, if you're into the Life is Strange brand, I think maybe this is one of my favorite ones, despite some shortcomings. I think the character of Alex is maybe the most well done life is strange character. I think life is strange. Um, the first one, uh, just mm-hmm. life is strange. Max is, is maybe, yeah. Max in that whole world is maybe a little more interesting in its quirkiness and true mm-hmm. colors. is definitely heavier in a lot of spots. Hit me a lot. Uh, the stuff they're going for is swinging harder. They, they whiff or, or they get on first more than knock it out of the park sometimes, but, uh, towards the back half, I'd say the last chapter is really the minecart starts being a little rickety on the rails there. Yeah, I think that's kind of where I came off on it, which is that I think the overall mystery part of Life is Strange one, yes, is maybe not as strong, but the ending, like the very kind of the way that you sort of tie everything together with your time rewinding powers yes. and all that stuff in that game, and at least the ending we chose, yeah, uh, I think is really strong. Whereas here. I think the buildup is a lot more interesting and the character work in the early goings is a lot more interesting. And by the time they get around to reaching for where they want to go with the mystery yeah. sort of toward the end of episode four and throughout episode five, I think they have to make some reaches that don't quite get there. And unfortunately there's also a couple of plot details that I think we missed along the way that probably should not have been optional because they really are important <laughs> to understanding why the fuck any of that shit happens at the end. Yeah, there's a little there's a little Deus Ex Machina stuff that, or at least it feels like it at the end of like this is this is all coming together in a way that doesn't seem natural. But I'll just say it again: I think Alex is a great character. I, I think yes, a lot Alex of that Chen, ha- I think is probably the strongest. I mean, again, I didn't play Life is Strange two, and I did not play the uh, the prequel they did with uh, Chloe from the first game. Mm. But uh, I think Alex is definitely a much stronger and much more well rounded protagonist. And and I think a lot of that has to do with the tech they're using. I think uh, it's the writing for sure, but I think the tech they're using, the expressions and the emoting in that game, I think are very well done and feel human. Like and feel good, like, good performances, like yeah, just across the board. I think so. I this think is so. this is not don't not right. No, it's, it's deck, deck nine. It's the ones that the, the that's the studio that did the Chloe prequel. Okay. Interesting. I think it's pretty good. I think you have yeah. to be in for this type of game. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, uh, you know it's it's not it's a it's of a particular type, and it's pretty heavy in parts. And you know, it, fair warning, it, it kind of touches on some sensitive stuff. Yeah, it's cool to see the other studio putting out one of these that is that well received. Well, and I think I I think at this point, Don't Nod has said they are not necessarily doing 
more Life oh. is Strange. Oh, I think they, they, they have maybe wow. moved on. Because they did that other game, uh, uh, Tell Me Why, that was sort of a similar oh, vein. Right. But it was not a Life is Strange that's game. That's right. I completely forgot. I, or, or in my mind, I just lumped that in as a Life is Strange yeah. game. Yeah, I mean, it's in the, it's it's certainly in the same wheelhouse. Yeah, for sure, for sure. But, but yeah, I think, I think for a game that is trying to stay truck in that real world real problems i think they handle it okay it's so easy to slip on that one and gets either corny or uh just so like out of pocket on it or feeling like nobody would say this and you know occasionally you do but there are those moments yeah i think for the most part it's all right uh and and enjoyable or you know as enjoyable as those cases are my wife when i was telling her about it was like why would anyone play this (laughs) but i didn't really have a great answer for her i was like you know it's it's interesting to see what these characters are go. She sounds like she was like, it sounds emotionally exhausting. And I was like, well, you know, it's art. It's yeah, the, sometimes that's what you're looking for. Yeah. Um, quickly here. I want to touch on, um, we're going to take a break in a second, get into the news, but, uh, I finished up jet the far shore, uh, wrap that up. Uh, I don't think my thoughts have really changed that much. Even after completing it I, from uh, last time, I think, there's really interesting stuff happening around the storytelling in that game, but I don't think the execution is there to mm-hmm. um, to keep. I had a, I had a tough time finishing it, okay. uh, and, and so I don't think it was that satisfying to see it through to the end and be like, oh, okay. I think actually some of the elements at the end were even more draining. Uh, mm. Though I really like the. Uh, I really like the setting they're doing and the kind yeah, of like, setup. Does it, does it pay off? Like, does the story pay off? I don't. I don't think for me. I don't think it was worth the kind of um, some of the frustration I had with the gameplay uh, in in the story. I, I don't. It's interesting, but it could be condensed. I think it's a much shorter game than it lets on with the kind of gameplay in between it. I also just still kind of. Um, ran into that problem of just the storytelling happening while you're playing the game at the bottom of the screen. Like it was just, it was a problem for me kind of all the way through. Yeah. I'm missing stuff because I'm doing a thing. Uh, So yeah, that's Jet the far shore. Yeah. I feel bad. I I need to go back and I, I did get to the beginning of that last big chapter. So I need to just wrap it up. But then like, you know, I started playing Sable and then, you know, I wanted to dig into the good life. And then after I kind of got bored with the good life, I was like, you know what? I haven't finished lost judgment yet. So then I put another <laughs> four and a half hours into lost judgment last night. And I still got to finish that. I think I just need to sit down and finish some fucking video games. Got to knock them out the list. I think yeah. I just got to knock them off the list. No more video games. Let me, let me finish <laughs> my stuff. Oh, yeah, um, I got good news for yeah. you. Mm-hmm. Not a, They've heard not, you cry. Not a ton else this year. Thanks, video uh, games. Uh, and then, um, uh, so that's uh, Jet the Far Shore, 30 bucks. Been out for a bit, uh, PlayStation PC. And then uh, Outer Wilds, Echoes of the Eye. What a roller coaster. I love that mm. DLC. <laughs> I think that you, do? you went I, all over the place on that one. Uh, you're, not, got, you're not the only one. Like, Discord, our Discord opinions have been mixed for sure. I, I'm up and down on it, hot and cold on it. I think, I think it is definitely, I think it's worth going into. There are problems I had with it and there are problems I still have with it. And I never got to the point where I was like, Oh, okay. But I think there are just parts I got through. I was like, this is awesome. Like this is, this is why I like the outer wilds and it's hard to almost imagine outer wilds without it. Um, not necessarily because of the story hooks, just because of the stuff it does in it. It's so cool. Um, so I think it absolutely hit that discovery and and um i don't want to spoil it uh it's kind of 
Oh my gosh. You did the thing where the only thing you carry is knowledge again. Like you, you, it did it. And, and, and a really interesting, clever and like a um, different way, different, completely different way. Huh. Uh, hmm. and, and that, and despite the problems I have with some of the mechanics in it, and I think there are maybe ways to mitigate some of the frustration I had with it that I just kind of, uh, didn't necessarily engage with. I think I'm not sure if they can get, mitigate them all, but, um, you could probably go some other approaches than I took. I think it's really well done. And, um, so much so where I want to do that thing where I want to load up another save and just see if I could do it from the beginning. Right. Just like, can you, can you beat this game in one run? Can you, can, or can you beat this DLC in one run? How do you, like, how do you think somebody playing who's never touched Outer Wilds, like how, how does this integrate into a first playthrough of that game? I, I wonder, like, like, I think it's so self-contained. You might be, you might be curious why the thing resets every 20 minutes. Sure. Uh, like I had to explain it to my kids who are watching, like why does this happen? And I don't, I, it doesn't explain that. Or I, wonder, I think it doesn't explain right? it well. Uh, yeah, I, I guess what I mean is like I wonder how you come to this if you've never played the game before. Like, like I when I played it, I loaded up my old save, right? So I don't yeah. like most of my rumor board was filled out. Um, I can't remember if there's a message in game. Like the way they introduce it is like, hey, there's a new exhibit in the museum here on mm-hmm. Timberhearth. You know what I mean? Like you're just like, hey, there's one new thing to look at in the museum. And that kind of points you at where to really get started with it. But like, do they whap you over the head with that when you install the DLC? Like, I'm wondering if you're booting this game up for the first time, like, do you just get funneled into looking at the DLC stuff rather than the actual game? Uh, so when you're, when you're starting from scratch, you, you're forced into, to get your ship launch codes, you have to go to that museum. Right. So you, you do see that exhibition and I think it does it gets okay, on so your board. That was my question was whether they like call that exhibition out as like, Hey, this is the hot new thing. You have to look at this, go do this. Or if it's just like another thing in the museum it's that just sort hard, of integrates. It's hard for me to remember. Cause I was yeah. particularly looking for it. And you know, like I knew that this is what I'm going to engage with in this game. So yeah. I knew that, Oh, here's the new thing, right? Like, yeah, I'm I, just, yeah, I'm, I'm just curious because like that game in itself is such a hugely elaborate, just kind of clockwork interlocking machine, you know, like every location informs like every other yeah. location. And then here's mm-hmm. this one little piece of content off on an Island. I'm just, I'm really curious how that would fit I, in for somebody their first time through. I wonder if you, yeah, I don't know. Maybe in the future, that's more of a problem where you don't realize it's so like echoes of the eye is added in and it's just one big package right i feel like for most people coming to it you're going to want to know what this thing is and you maybe yeah. even look up how to start it but um it is very self-contained it is extremely self-contained uh and that's kind of neat because uh, it's just cool like i don't know it's just it, by the time i was done with it I, i'm not gonna say the ending or wrapping it up was as satisfying as i wish I had to look up and see if I were, I was done with it. <laughs> like, huh. and I understand that because it's not the end of the game. It's a piece of DLC that is in a universe that has its own ending, you know? Right. And I think they have said the actual ending of the game. If you do this, will incorporate the things you did, some of the stuff into it. I haven't seen that yet. So I didn't, I haven't finished okay. the main outer wilds campaign again. So I don't know if there's a little bit more resolution when you're done. I have to go pay those fish another visit. I did. And, uh, and it was a shame too. Cause I was trying this whole time. I was telling my kids that outer wilds is one of my favorite games and the whole Uh-oh. thing is, isn't that spooky. <laughs> and then the first thing I do is 
drive a ship into Dark Bramble. Immediately show them the hardest and scariest part of that game. And I was like, man, I should just go to another. What's the? I went so I went to Giant's Deep. I was like, I love Giant. The first time you break atmosphere on Giant's Deep, and you're mm-hmm. like whoa slow down and you're you know like the whole storm is raging like that part was cool and they actually really love that part so uh, god making me wish i could forget that game and play it again <laughs> oh so cool giant's deep is such a cool planet because you just like zoom into that planet and you're like uh, splash down uh and it's it's such a cool planet um anyway outer wilds echoes of the eye i know i have i've been up and down and up and down on it uh, those who have played it probably know why but I do think it is, uh, Brad. I do think you should you should keep going with it. I don't think it'll change your opinion of Outer Wilds. Um, uh, it's it's if anything, I suspect once you get far enough along, you might get stuck on some of the same things that I was kind of annoyed at. But it's got cool stuff in it, man. It's got some really really cool stuff in it that I think you particularly will appreciate. Cool. Uh, so that's Echoes of the Eye. It's been out for a bit. There, fifteen dollars for that DLC wherever you get your outer wilds. Um, it's okay. We're going to take a break here, but that was inscription. Mm-hmm. I'm not inscription. Inscription seems I'm going to play inscription. That's the it's one a, I'm going to pick up. Like I've only, I'm only speaking from an hour's worth of experience, but it seems very good. That's 20 bucks. It's on the PC Metroid dread. We went over rift breaker, 30 bucks on game pass, PC, a PlayStation, uh, into the pit. Also on game pass. That's $15 on the PC. Also, if you want that, uh, the Good Life, $30, PC, PS4, Xbox One, and it sounds like on the Switch, but maybe check out some videos or if you're have the if you deciding read a, read a between reviews, platforms. Figure out which platform is right for you. Uh, Jet the Far Shore, uh, PlayStation P, uh, PC, 30 bucks, and Outer Wilds, Echoes of the Eye, $15. And Life is Strange. Do you mention Life is oh, Strange? Oh, that's right. And Life yeah. is Strange, True Colors, which the price is, I forget what the price is on that. I, I think that's a $60 here. game. Is it? And, not episodic. It is the you get the whole thing yeah. uh, in one. You get all the chapters and and, and Shadowgate, the hottest eight bit adventure. Shadowgate. Oh, we're talking old games. I got this this Ghost Hunter over here for the PlayStation. Ghost Hunter. That's the the hottest new game for PlayStation for Two. I just. Uh, I mean, we don't need to get into it, but I was I was kind of shocked how well Shadowgate held up last week when we were. Dude, playing. that game whips. It's kind of like I loved it as a kid, and I knew that, but I wasn't sure it would hold up at all. I think it honestly holds up better than a lot of other games like that. Kind of like, I was like completely enthralled with that game if I hadn't had to go take a meeting. Are Deja Vu and Shadowgate in the same universe? No, I don't think same universe, but they're definitely the same developer. It's okay. Also, I didn't realize like Shadowgate's like the last one of those that that company made. Oh, Um, I think it was uninvited first, then Deja Vu, then Shadowgate. Okay. If I'm not mistaken, but Shadowgate's the kind of the one that most people seem to remember. It's a cool game. Uh, Yes. You can watch us play some more of it this Friday. I'll do a little promotion now. Or you can watch uh, the archive of us playing it from last Friday if you're interested. Spoilers right. abound. We're really great at Shadowgate. Watch oh, out. yeah. That troll. Kicking its ass. Oh, that troll. Boy. Uh, <laughs> we're going to take a quick break. We're going to be back with the news right after this. This week's show is brought to you by Rocket Money. Brad Shoemaker, Alex Navarro, I bet you guys have subscriptions. I had a lot of subscriptions. I had too many subscriptions, and at a certain point, I had to drill down. I had to I had to focus. I had to make sure that I did not have so many subscriptions anymore. You had to take time out of your day. My busy schedule. Your time, which is worth more than anything. 
to find those subscriptions and cancel them. Brad Shoemaker, do you live a subscription lifestyle? I am just a walking monthly bill at this point. <laughs> it's the world we live in. If you need help, boy, guys, I got some uh, I got some news for you. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills all in one place. It says here that most people think they're spending $80 on their subscriptions, but in reality, the number is closer to 200 My God. What are we even doing? With Rocket Money, you can easily cancel the ones you don't want with just the press of a button. Rocket Money also lets you monitor all your expenses in one place, recommends custom budgets based on your past spending, and they'll even send you notifications when you've reached your spending limits. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions and manage your money the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com nextlander. That's rocketmoney.com nextlander. Rocketmoney.com nextlander. Thanks, Rocket Money. This week's show is brought to you by ExpressVPN. Alex Navarro, Brad Shoemaker. You're not going to walk out of the house naked, right? Not if I can help it. You're going to put your VPN on first. Yeah, of course. Of course. One leg at a time, like I always do. (laughs) ExpressVPN is the easiest way to browse safely, securely, and just better. I just use ExpressVPN. I was away on a trip. I've had ExpressVPN for a couple of years here. When I got on that hotel Wi-Fi, I slipped right into ExpressVPN. One click, very easy. Get in there, and then I was able to access the internet, let's say. What what are you doing on that vacation there? Hmm? I I had to access my GitHub account, Uh and I was doing some coding, and then I I used my ExpressVPN, and then VPNed into my home computer! Likely story. Uh Uh-huh. And then uh, I watched, uh, you know, I watched uh, some videos, uh, you know, and it's fast enough. That's what they all say. It's got great speeds. It was connected very easily. I was even able to stream in HD problemless on the hotel Wi-Fi. And they didn't know they didn't know a damn thing. It says here you can connect to ExpressVPN and you won't even realize you have it on, which I can vouch for. It's pretty seamless. So right now, go to expressvpn.com slash nextlander and you can get an extra three months of ExpressVPN for free. That's expressvpn.com slash nextlander to get three extra months of ExpressVPN expressvpn.com slash nextlander thanks expressvpn and we are back and that can only mean one thing we're back from a break we've talked about a bunch of video games stretch out put on my uh comprehending hat and time Ooh. to get into the news time to understand the world out there Stick this little press card behind my ear. I definitely will not. I will stick the, I'm here to just commentate and uh, share my takes with stuff. I ain't no press. And when pressed, a shoulder shrug. Brad. A gadfly, you might say. <laughs> yes. A, a gladfly. A, a personality. Mm, uh, Maybe in the, like the kind of like, oh, that guy's a personality. Uh, part of the commentariat. Yeah. The, the, a Mo Rocca-like figure. The peanut gallery. If, uh, Man, if you what will. is Mo Rocca up to these days? 
I don't know if they're still talking about how much they love various decades. I'm sure he's still there. No, Morocco. Morocco's got a like a semi permanent seat on. Wait, wait, don't tell me. So Morocco. Okay. It uh, goes on. Is he's there out there. Take, he's getting paid. Yeah. I was gonna say of of all of the former Daily Show personalities, Morocco. It's got an HBO show coming up, probably. Oh, so Morocco right. gets paid. He also does CBS Sunday Morning, which feels like exactly the right kind of program <laughs> for Morocco to be on. Fair. Uh. No, no good segue. Ubisoft, nope. Brad. <laughs> I was gonna say, Mo rocking with sp- splitter, splitter nah, cell keeps rocking. No, it's just remember. Okay, how about this one? Remember the nineties? No, remember the two. That's when did Splitter Cell come out? Two thousand early on two two. Okay, yes. remember the two thousands? Yes, Fisher. Who said from, this line? Fisher. Yeah, you're really fishing on this one. Really oh, there go you go. From, better. Oof. Better. Let's go from. Maurice Rocca to Samuel Fisher. Okay, okay. Old Ironsides. Uh, oh no, there's no way. <laughs> yeah, there's no way Old Ironsides <laughs> is coming back. Uh, yeah, that's Ubisoft is purportedly in production on a full new Splinter Cell for the first time in like eight years. And this is this is more than a bunch of people saying Ubisoft is in production on a Splinter Cell. This is Ubisoft saying we're in production on a Splinter Cell. I believe that uh, is correct. Is it? I th- well, I think Eve Eve got out there and was like, "Yeah, I guess we're gonna do Splinter Cell." Right? Well, he I, 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 let's see. I think he basically talked about if if and when they do a Splinter Cell, they need to figure out something new to do with it. I think <laughs> is what he was saying. I, I think he also in that article, or the news story I read was like, you know, there are some members on the team now that would like to make a Splinter Cell, so we gotta we acquiesce. To, we, have to, we have to do what they want to do. Yeah, we gotta do, we gotta do what they do. I guess that's the world. Here at I, one point, at one point, you will see something, but I can't say more than that. Is what he said, and that could okay. be any number of points in the future. Yeah, um, I had completely missed that they were doing a Splinter Cell VR game for Facebook. You're not I had also I, missed that entirely. I, yeah, I, did they I, do that? No, that got announced last year. I mean, okay. like, I feel like anything that anybody missed in the last year and a half is understandable. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, especially when it's a Facebook VR game. I'm, but kind of baffled by that we need to think of something good to do with it because that has not stopped them from doing a lot of things with other franchises that they have not thought of good things to do with yeah far cry is a conspicuous example i mean assassin's creed just kind of went off into and like they did think of a new thing to do with it which was what if this was a witcher 3 because you like that game what if we just did our own version of that and then they did it three times with diminishing returns each time so yeah splinter cell very much though out of those far cry first person shooter assassin's creed third person kind of adventure game you can kind of branch out and do whatever or action adventure game and then Splinter Cell was a feels very much of a time of the stealth action game. Yeah, I was no longer. I was, I was thinking about that this morning when like, do you remember what a big ass deal it was when the first Splinter Cell came out? Like it was an Xbox exclusive. Like it, it looked amazing for the mm-hmm. time. Like stealth. it was fairly innovative. As, but but also you know like back then it was Metal Gear Solid and Splinter Cell. That was it. I mean mm-hmm. obviously there were a lot of like also ran stealth games, yeah. but Splinter Cell was like right up there with Metal Gear for a while and then all of a sudden it just vanished yeah your tactical stealth action game where you know splinter cell also at the right time right place not coincidentally where lighting was getting really good in games and you're like oh man like you're in these dark spaces with like bursts of god rays coming through or don't walk through the light path and you know it all made sense at the time 
God, that just reminded me of. Did you ever play the multiplayer in? I think yeah. like two and two and three. That that asymmetric multiplayer was so fucking cool. Yeah, that was good. That was like, and like well like received, Mercs, like very like well Mer- liked. Mercs versus spies type stuff. Mm-hmm. Like that that stuff was like so far ahead of its time. Uh, so I don't know what you do with a reboot, which I assume this would be of a Splinter Cell. I I don't think you have to do be beholden to anything that Splinter Cell was before, other than it's probably a stealth game. Like, here's the thing. Do you actually have to do Sam Fisher again? I don't think so. Hmm. I think that character, while important to what why people like those games, it's not like he will be the only Splinter Cell that the U.S. government ever has. Like, it's not like you could not introduce a new protagonist. Now, do people have a strong appetite to go do stealthy war crimes with a new person? I don't know. But nonetheless, <laughs> I really never even thought about that aspect of Splinter Cell. Well, coming out, coming we're out doing right a lot of the, stealthy war crimes in those right, games. Right in the middle of that Iraq war era, like just sort of unquestioned, like black ops, unaccountable secret agents can kind of do whatever they want. Well, and the thing is, like, like Yubi doesn't give a shit about that because they churn out like all these other fucking war crime, you know, Tom Clancy games. And it's like, clearly they don't have any compunction about that. So like, why? Like. I don't know what sto- what has stopped them up to this point. Yeah. Here's my challenge to Ubisoft in a Splinter Cell game. If you can write the Splinter Cell game that doesn't necessarily have you do the straight up, and I don't know what this is, so this is why it's a challenge, the straight up subvert a government through black ops, or the agency was the real monster the whole time storyline, that's what I want to see. Like, what what is the story... If you're not just going in and doing it by the numbers, hey, go in and uh, cause a coup by stealthily assassinating this person, or the agency wants to take you out because you know too much and they're trying to retire an asset. Um, I feel like those are the two tactical espionage storylines, mm-hmm. and I'm not sure, is there is there one in between? Man, I don't know. Maybe that's what they need to figure out. But again, okay. I d- based on UB's past history, I don't feel like they actually give a shit. I think in the end, they just want to do the thing that will get people interested, which is to say, just here, go do, just go do your military stuff. You like this? Mm-hmm. It's got Tom Clancy in the box. Yeah, mm-hmm. but did you guys play Blacklist? I did not, but I got the impression that did not do super. Blacklist well. was not beloved. No. Yeah. Is so, that the one with him when he shaved his head? No, that was the one where he was in prison, wasn't it? <laughs> I think that's correct. I might have uh, missed that on. T- I, used I did to not really play a like lot of Splinter games. Cell games. To be fair, I've played they, a couple of them. They kind of made a lot of those, didn't they? I, I liked the. Uh, I think I there. I want to say I played like the first three and missed two of them towards the end. There, double. Uh, I think Double Agent might be or Conviction. One of those is the one where he shaved his head. Where's the one where you could tag multiple people, then just go pop, pop, pop? Like the. Mm. Uh, I think that's where I got out. Yeah. Who turned out the lights? The uh, yeah, Splinter Cell. Like, um, I in the Clance verse, you know, I like it. It's probably my. It's probably the one Tom Clancy universe game that I was drawn to the most. Like, I never really yeah. got into Ghosts or um, uh, uh, well, it's the most character driven one for a long time. You for know? sure, yeah. Just, like Ghost, Ghost Recon and Rainbow Six were Rainbow very Six, just like yeah. kind of faceless tactical squad action type stuff. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so we'll see. Uh, I don't know what you do. I loot I game guy got a better silence uh, pistol. I mean, look you at, know, Assassin's Creed is going online service supposedly. So look at this. Uh, look at these goggles I have. 
Just make Sam, make Sam Fisher one of the Assassin's Guild. Like, just to put it all together. Tom Clancy's Assassin's Creed. Fucking bring it all in-house. Leave Far Cry over there. Don't need that. But, like, like just if he's a stealthy killer already. It's a natural fit. Sam Fisher knows where the last piece of Eden is, and you have to get into your animus to play as Sam Fisher uh, to take out... What is the fake company in... Abstergo. Abstergo. But really, you are Sam... F- I don't know. I mean, they'll figure it out, and they'll make a they'll make a quote unquote non political uh, game mm-hmm. about, yeah, of course, toppling uh, regimes. If I'm I were sure. in that position, I don't know. I would definitely be looking at what Hitman has been doing. Like, I would look at MGS Five, but I don't know what makes it like un- or identifiably Splinter Cell, right? Like, what is the thing? Like, when we're sitting here questioning whether even Sam Fisher needs to come back or not, like, I don't know what Splinter Cell is at this point. I think if you're going traditional spinner style, it's gadgets and like night vision goggles. And, yes, and, and, yes, it, and it is a reliance on stealth where MGS kind of went a little more action. Yes, it is night vision goggles with three lenses. And yes. a little bit less of the Batman fear tactics, but a little of that, you know. A, lo- a decent amount of that. A little bit. Uh, yeah, uh, definitely like a, gotcha, I'm going to throw you off this lighthouse. Um, but not as like, much swinging between vents. Not as much. Uh, yeah, Let's see what happens. Uh, spandex, right? Or not spandex? What is the the, the neoprene? Yeah, it's, yes, uh, neoprene. You gotta, neoprene. You gotta have a, your sneaking suit. Um, what else, Brad? That's possible Splinter Cell in the future, which is okay. Yes, sure. very committal. Long ways <laughs> off, let's say. Mm-hmm. Like even games that we know about are being talked about in 2023 terms at this point. So yeah, they're not. It's Ubi, Ubisoft is not being very direct. No, they're not. There's the Ubisoft Direct is not a thing that happens. The Nintendo no. Direct, however. Oh. Um, they did that Animal Crossing Nintendo Direct last week, which I am fine skipping most of the Animal Crossing details of because I don't know about you guys, but, you know, whether gyroid collecting and frog chairs are back or not is kind of immaterial to me at this point. Is anybody still playing Animal Crossing? Here's what I will tell you. I put that trailer, that 20-minute presentation thing, in front of my girlfriend who has not played Animal Crossing in at least six months. Uh, and she said, I'm back in. Yeah? Uh, okay. Yeah, Maybe I believe, not for I, the long absolutely. term, but yeah, she will I, at least download it. She will try it all out and see where she lands. Yeah, I, I mean, I absolutely believe people who are down for some more Animal Crossing will totally come back for this stuff. Uh, I mean, they're adding a bunch of stuff. There's a free update next month, and they're doing a paid DLC. But the actual news out of this thing to me is that we got pricing on that second tier of the Nintendo Switch Online service. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Also known did. as Expansion Pack. Yeah, bad name, but yes. Uh, it's 50 bucks a year, as opposed to 20 for the base service. That's a, that's a significant increase. It's more than double, it turns out. It is. It's not overwhelmingly expensive in the grand scheme of online service fees, but also what you're getting does not necessarily seem worth that. To date, all that is is Nintendo 64 games, Genesis games, and weirdly enough, this paid Animal Crossing (laughs) DLC. Which is 25 bucks. So So that's that's 25 on its own. So you get, I I assume the way it's going to work, I don't think they came out and said this, but I assume you would only have access to it while you're still paying that fee. Oh, that would be... Once you're subscribed, you know, that's how PlayStation Plus and it is. Xbox games with gold and all that stuff works. Uh, yeah. That's how Tasha's 99 works. You know, like they, huh. I'm, I'm 100% sure that's how that will work. Oh, man. That you will only be able to play that thing as long as you maintain your subscription, huh. which seems really strange for 
So would they rip the items out of your Animal Crossing home? Well, if you, so I if you buy no it idea. separate from that service, though, that doesn't happen, right? No, no. If you buy it outright, you don't need to have yeah, this of course subscription. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. But, like, what if you... Yeah, I can't imagine, like, you're just, like, your subscription runs out and you've just got shadows burned right. into your wallpaper of the right. <laughs> of the stuff you had. I don't know. That's... I, I would it's almost like, hope it's like they, the, the fucking it's like all of a sudden it's the leftovers on your Animal Crossing <laughs> Island. It's just like yeah. just, everybody, everybody knows somebody who disappeared. <laughs> just what happened? We heard what, the subscription ran out. What's anybody seen Marina? What's going on? Uh, Tangy, Mr. no, uh, Mister Stark. Uh, what's happening to me? <laughs> it's like, it's uh, such a weird thing. Like I, it, it just is. doesn't that it doesn't sit right with me because like that's a game that people play for years on end, you know, and like somebody's probably going to get it through this service and just keep paying and paying and paying for it. Right. When they could have just bought it outright. Like, I don't know. It just, it's a really confusing way to offer a paid add on for, it, for a game that is not an online game. It feels know? like a move you make when you realize that your offering without it is not very good. And yeah, if like, I'm being honest, I'm looking at this N64 lineup. There's some, there's some ones that you would expect. It's a good lineup, but well, it's a good lineup, but it's not a great one. Like if you have to fill out the bottom part of your rung with fucking win back, then guess what? You don't uh, have a great starting lineup. Winback is a notable N64 game, I guess. Lots of things are notable, not necessarily the things you want to launch with. Um, what was it? God, what was it Winback had? Didn't it have a cover system before Gears? Isn't that its claim to fame? I, I have not played Winback since probably 1997, so I could not <laughs> even tell you what the hell mm. happened in that game. I thought it was Kill Switch was the one that had the cover system. Yeah, that one definitely did too. Winback had something. I forget what it was that it did kind of first among that kind of game. Anyway, uh, you know, they're doing some work to some of those N64 games. Like they're talking about adding online to Mario Kart 64 and stuff like that. Like it's Right, not and that, that is nothing. a good thing. It's not nothing, but man. But the fact that they're also selling you a separate controller that you're probably going to need if you want to play any of those N64 games the right way. And have they actually said, I forget, did they say what was in the Genesis offering? Um, I don't remember if they did. I mean, those those games will have to work on the default Switch controls for portable mode, obviously. Yeah. Um, but a lot of this just comes down to the bigger problem we have with Nintendo and their retro offerings, which is that it's all that weird piecemeal thing they do where it's like, here's a couple of games. They're fucking yeah. Jalico games. I don't mm. know. And like, you just, you don't know what the roadmap for this stuff is it's, at all. Yeah. It's just so dependent on whatever whims or business deals or whatever it is that it takes to get those games on there. Like. And I don't I'm, trust Nintendo's whims anymore. I really I'm, don't. I'm reminded that that decent Sega Genesis Classics collection is available on the Switch, so you could kind of just get that. Yeah, or buy that, you know, mini Genesis, and then just fucking mod all that shit into your, your mini Genesis. Like, yeah, they need they need more on that thing to justify that price. Like, as it is, like, the even the $20 tier is basically just a Tetris 99 subscription fee to me at this point. Well, there's, you know, don't forget there's stuff like... Um, you can't get online in Animal Crossing. Right? Oh, yeah, Without yeah, yeah. The, the, oh, yeah of course. And so yeah. I wound up getting that family pack so my kids could go visit my, you know, their uncle's Animal Crossing thing. So, you know, the family pack for this is now 80 bucks. Uh, and so, you know, the whole thing, my kids aren't necessarily going in and playing those NES classics. And I, I haven't played any of those, but I have a, a th- like you guys just mentioned, a thousand and one other ways to play those games. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if it is necessarily for me. I bought the NES mini. Like, uh, like I have that thing. I bought the SNES mini. So like you got me Nintendo five ways from Sunday. So like, I don't know if I need, um, 
Like, I'm mad that you guys didn't put Saturday Night Slam Masters on that little Super Nintendo, but I, I, you know, you gave me the device that I could do it for, so at least that's something. So, yeah, I don't know. It's, um, I think if you look at it relative, you know, value is relative to the person that is getting the thing out, so it will be of value to some people. I think for $50, their Nintendo's online services have always been a bit lacking. Like, they're, they're... The way they handle and construct their online services as relative to something like PlayStation Network or Xbox Live is not quite up to snuff. No, yeah, and, and they need to be more transparent. Previously, like, previously, the price was enough to justify it for me of just, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, ah, it's less than two bucks a month. Like, fine. This thing is kind of dumb and superfluous, except for Tetris 99, which is very good. But, like, fine, it's so cheap, whatever. But, like, when you're getting up into $50 a year territory, like... I just don't see the the value proposition here, especially for a system that's getting this long in the tooth. Yeah, yeah. And, and I'm sorry that that current refresh does not justify it. And the other, I will say, the other thing that was interesting about this is that this is the last big Animal Crossing update. Yeah, like that was the other thing is that the next month the the there's a, it's a free update and then the paid um yeah the paid expansion. They but must have it. had a different roadmap for this thing at some point, right? When then COVID fucked it all up because it's this is a weird say. way to do this. You definitely, you definitely kept hearing those stories last year of like, oh, the pandemic has hit Nintendo especially hard in terms of how well they've adapted their their working processes to mm-hmm. remote work and stuff like that. Um, I don't know though. Like, I feel like it, some of these must have been intended as smaller updates, and then oh, it all oh, just got jammed into sure. one thing. That I would believe, but the but the part where they stopped supporting the game 18 months after it came out, like, that just feels like a very signature Nintendo thing to do. And I wonder sell. if they would have done that, that's what I'm saying, I wonder if they would have done that if they hadn't just left it alone for so long, that, like it? they did. Is it, let's see, I guess we don't, we don't get official, officially official Switch numbers. I was going to ask if it's the highest selling Switch game or not. Well, it's definitely the best selling Animal Crossing. I know that. Yeah, and for I, sure. I think at least for a period there, it was like the fastest selling Switch game. Yeah, it's, I, it's tough tough to say. I mean, like Mario Kart 8 Deluxe did very well. I think that yeah. was, I thought that was the the best one. Yeah, uh, but it's definitely up there. Like those numbers they were posting last, last year were gigantic. So mm-hmm. of course they are going to stop supporting it after 18 months. Because what else would Nintendo do? I just don't think they know how to support a live service game. Like, even stuff like Splatoon, like, had always felt like a little, like, you're kind of making this shit up as you go along. Yeah, and I, I, I was, I mean, I know they weren't, like, a huge deal, but I always thought the way they were handling the Splatfests was, like, kind of impressive by their standards. Like Those they were, were good. You know, they were definitely getting out there on social media and promoting those things and turning it very factional with the, like, are you team ketchup or mustard? Good I, stuff. I haven't kept up with the animals crossing stuff. Has it been fairly like boomer bust in terms of nothing, 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 nothing Then a big dump of stuff or has I mean, it just I, been nothing? I, there hasn't even been a big dump for a long time. Okay. Like it's been pretty And that's dry. the thing. Yeah. Like they, they did all those seasonal events and then they just had nothing when they got mm. to the one year anniversary right. uh, back in April and everyone was just like, what's going on? And then finally this comes around they're like, yep, that's it. Okay. Which, again, leads me to believe that they had intended a different schedule at some point, and some of the stuff would have been released on a more, like, it's been three months, here's a new update kind of thing. Yeah. But maybe they were just like, nope, we're cutting our losses, just getting it all out there now. Will they be Halloween stuff? Um, They did some Halloween stuff, but that's the thing. There were seasonal events already in the game, oh. yeah, that's, but they aren't, like, yeah. doing new stuff. 
I think that's that's what killed my desire to play this game was hitting the one year anniversary of the release and then immediately hitting Bunny Day right after that. Yes. <laughs> and I was like, wow, this <laughs> is where we are. First of days. This is where we're at. One year in is just another loop on Bunny Day. Like I might <laughs> mm, Well might be good. If you're into the Animal Crossing, at least that DLC and the the update seem to have a decent amount in it. I just I got um, seven to eight great months out of that game and I was good. Yeah. And yeah, like there was a good chunk of last year that that game around here was just a very lovely little lifeline for for my girlfriend and me just plop down on the couch and design an island and kind of, yeah. you know, forget about all the stuff going on. Just Let's don't make it. your kid the mayor. That's right. Let's just say I hard lesson. Sounds fun. <laughs> so I understand the appeal. Yeah. I run with a. I have a derelict mayor who never shows up. So my town is, he's an absentee landlord. (laughs) Um, sounds like politician. Am I right? Mm -hmm. Yes. More like, uh, yeah. Mayor nothing. It's a wasteless cockroaches and grass. He's trying to, trying to cut all the frog chairs from the infrastructure bill. (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. (laughs) What one person could do, right? Uh, ruin all the fun. Brad, what is, um, what is going on here with, uh, on the PC, you sent this to me this morning and I had, yeah, to, I, mean, I had to like, <clears throat> so like a looking at Slack version of a spit take kind of thing of like, what? Ah. What's going yes. on here? They, they announced this very morning and by they, I mean, Sony that God of war, the acclaimed 2018 game coming to PC in January. Am I nuts? I really thought this was already known. Was it no. just rumored at it's one point? It's been rumored. Oh, okay. It's been rumored. It's been, you know, they put out Horizon. That was their first big PC release. And then Days Gone kind of more quietly got out there on PC. And then like Death Stranding, which technically was them. Well, but then Focus Home put that out, right? No, no. 505 published 505, that on PC. that's right. Uh, that was, I think that was just a PlayStation game for them. Um, you know, they, they acquired Nixus, the, the PC porthouse. That's very well known. Like, there's obviously been rumors for a while that more Sony PC releases were going to ramp up. I think Jim Ryan had even alluded to that. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. There's just something, there is something deeply PlayStation about God of War and Kratos to me that there is not about Days Gone or even Horizon. <laughs> like, fucking Kratos, man. Yeah. You're that saying there's, around. Like there's real, like, flying a kite at night kind of thing. Like, it's just unseemly. It doesn't seem right. No, it doesn't bother me. It's just a, it's like Vinny was saying. It's like the spit take thing of yeah. seeing. Kratos, Kratos on a in PC a, in a Steam Store page carousel. It when somebody's it's playing, weird. playing God of War with their Xbox controller, yes, right? Uh, it's it's gonna be uh, like reading this post on the PlayStation blog, seeing how like God of War has Nvidia Reflex and DLSS support built in. You know, it's like fucking. What is this? This just think, does, but does this not is, compute. This is how you get Kratos into GTA Five. I guess so. I mean, as soon as he's on the PC, you're dang Dude, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anything. I cannot. I cannot wait to see what other disembodied, severed heads people mod into <laughs> this game. The uh, so you think they'll remap the controls? Have they done? I haven't played the PC versions of Horizon. Do they? Do they show prompts for different controllers? <laughs> oh, I don't know. There is a line in this blog post that says, "For those of you who would prefer a controller, at first they mention like, hey, we will have robust keyboard mapping customization,' is what they say. But then they say." For those of you who would prefer a controller, we will support DualShock 4 and DualSense wireless controllers in addition to a wide range of other gamepads. <laughs> oh, interesting. Okay. My uh, Steam controller. Yeah, that one for sure. Uh, so I I would be surprised if they put Xbox prompts in there, but maybe. I don't know what Horizon did, actually. Do you? Um, yeah, probably. that's what I wonder. I wonder if they put the work in to refresh all that stuff. 
Do you no. remember when you linked? What's it? It was um, uh, uh, Portal, and you linked your Sony account yeah. with Steam. Dude, you fucking logged into Steam on your PlayStation 3. So the weirdest thing it took a long time for that to go away mm-hmm. it, it has gone away from the login right oh, yeah, they, yes. okay. long gone bring it back and let's do ps plus uh cross platform in steam again if you if you have ps plus <laughs> and a game comes out on steam you get it for free i like what it. i'm saying whoever whoever figures figures out a way to link all the stores and unify your purchases will have built the metaverse <laughs> just one purchase from the de- you pay the developer and mm-hmm. you get it wherever on any platform you want is what uh, i'm saying did you see did you see the facebook is changing its name to what, what? what? i got it got kind of leaked we, i think it got reported last night is it, uh, yes we have your info i think it's supposed to be announced in the next week or so uh f book purportedly it is they want to i think they're they're looking to do like a google style rebrand under like an alphabet like umbrella you remember that shit mm-hmm. oh some like, kind of evasion from <laughs> so yeah like like purportedly the reason is they want to like reframe the mission statement of the company around the metaverse but also i'm sure it has nothing to do with the shitstorm of bad yeah. press that swirls around the facebook name day in and day out and like weird weird evasion of like legislation at the uh-huh. top yes. new name that's going to fix it all yeah, Boy, did, did, they, did they? Do you know the name, or no, is it? No, there was okay. nothing. Welcome to the other, Zuckerverse. <laughs> other, yeah, other than yes, it supposedly has something to do with metaverse. Anyway, metaverse. Uh, God of War PC. Yeah. yeah, like they, you know, they go whole hog in here about like, hey, native 4K, uncapped frame rates. Like we're beefing up the ambient occlusion and the screen space effects. Like there, it is full on. This is a PC ass PC game. Oh, you gotta do the ambient occlusion. You gotta, uh, and, uh, and it's just, it's just weird. I mean, it's cool. It's cool. Yeah, yeah. It's cool. People on I, don't, PC I have nothing get, against it. Getting it's to play in PlayStation game. Like I like God of War a lot. I, uh, it's just, it's just I, like I still remember seeing the kiosk for the first God of War in the E3 booth when kind of nobody really knew what it was. And I was just like, it was just sitting there and I went over and played it. And I was like, it's like, you guys should go check out this God of War game. Like, it seems like there's something there. It's a little more, it's, it's a little Sonic on a, on a Nintendo. Yeah. Kind of, kind of. It's just, yeah, a we'll all get used to it, but yeah, it's, it, but again, it is very cool. It's just a, it's a strange thing to wrap your head around. Pages in a up. way. And, What's that? Uh, page is already up on uh, Steam. Yeah, yeah, the and Steam, Epic Steam store. store page is sitting right there. Yeah, you think uh, the Epic folks went after it at all, or was no? It's on. It's on Epic. Oh, it's on Epic too. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but not not as an exclusive. Right. Uh, I just wonder if yeah. any either of those platforms even tried to float any money in front of Sony's nose, be like, "Well, what if you mm-hmm. only put it here?" I don't think eh, it's like kind of think- old enough. Like yeah. if it, if it were the launch of the next God of War of Ragnarok, I could see that more. But you know, maybe all I'm saying is if like we're new enough into this PlayStation exclusive going to PC thing that if I was one of those platforms, I would at least wave a check around and say, "Hey, sure. are you interested? What's your appetite for us being yeah. a five year exclusive?" And if I'm Sony, mm-hmm. I probably say no to that because mm-hmm. I, you know, at this point, you're more interested in just people playing it than you are worried about getting, you know, a little extra marketing juice. You're Sony. You don't give a shit. For sure. Yeah, I mean, you, I think these these Sony re- PC releases are more notable in a world where nobody can get their hands on a PS5. So like, right. these are these are de facto the best ways to play these games for a lot of people who totally. can't get the, the good console. Do you um, think Do you think uh, Ragnarok will have a quicker turn to PC uh, when it comes out? Yes, but probably not. I would. I bet still. there's at least a couple of year window kind of built into their business model for this. I, yeah, I would. I would guess. 
probably at least a year. Because like uh, it's di- yeah, like I said, other than those situations where it's like a No Man's Sky or a Death Stranding, where there is a different publisher putting those games out on PC, I feel like Sony wants that window. Yeah, yeah. I wonder. Well, I mean, because I wonder if we're still by the time when let's hope things get a little bit better by the time Ragnarok comes out, if they would rather move the software if they can't move the hardware, right? If you'd rather just sell to people on that now have played God of War on the PC and just be like, sell it to them for 70 bucks. That's the yeah, thing. They are moving the hardware. That's the problem is that they just don't have enough of it. Yeah, I mean, game sales aren't nothing, of course, but obviously, like like you see in their financial reports, how much they harp on network revenue these days, live service revenue. Hmm. Like they, they want people on PlayStation Network real bad, so... So I'm saying tie it in. This Let's is, go. Yeah, this this really feels like kind of a tertiary revenue stream to me for them. But mm. anyway, uh, but also, you know, like the Horizon launch on PC was pretty rough. I don't know if you guys played that version. No, I, did I not, didn't. But it, it had ongoing technical problems for some time. They did eventually iron it out, so, though, right? Uh, I think it's mostly cleaned up at this point, but um, mm. oh, just seeing just- them... Seeing them go on about all these high-end graphics features here makes me wonder if they're really trying to make sure they get this one right. I don't know why this just reminded me of that, but I saw someone saying this week that uh, there was a big Skatebird update that actually fixed a bunch of the stuff in that game that was not great. Now I feel like I need to go boot that up again and see if it actually is good or not. Yeah, I'd report back. I would be curious to hear. (laughs) I will do that for all of you. I felt bad about not liking Skatebird. There's look, there have been a bunch of those games this year where I was like, I really want to love this more than I do. I mean, Jet is a prime example of that. And, you know, I think if they if they fix some of the collision and physics stuff in that game, it could be all right. But uh, I need to see for myself. <laughs> Won't believe it until you see it. Um, speaking of seeing things, uh, mm-hmm. Rocksteady showed off that uh, a couple of things that there was the DC fan dome. Yes, people people entered virtually. I don't even know if it actually happened anywhere. Was there a real dome? Place, but I don't know. I only entered, knew the DC they fan dome. The dome. Uh, as my older brother uh, was telling me, he's a pretty big DC fan, and uh, was telling me that the fan. Did you see the Batman stuff from the fan? We talked about that previously yes. on some of the podcasts, but he did not mention the video game aspect of this. Oh, uh, which is okay. It's, it's all right. Uh, so this Justice League game, or sorry, Justice League, this Suicide Squad kill the Justice League. Yes, yes. which I guess was teased a while ago. Um, yeah, which uh, they showed a, a cinematic trailer for it. They they uh, they announced it. I think at Fandom last year. Fandom. Where the fuck has the last year gone? But um, yeah, that was just a cinematic trailer. This this is the first time they've shown any in game footage. Still no gameplay, but yeah, a lot of in engine scenes happen. Yeah, like a lot of boy, that thing is irreverent as hell. I mean, I guess that's what you are signing up for with Suicide Squad, but like just a you know this being the first game from the people who made the Arkham games in Mm -hmm. some time is a big deal in and of itself. But also, boy, this sure looks like a different game than that. Yeah, Yeah, like I look as much as I liked certainly the first Arkham game and to a lesser degree, the second one, those are not funny games. Ew. They are not funny. Like they have not shown a lot of like funny, right? Like the Joker has some good jet lines in those games, yes. but it is not a funny game at all. No, no. I, I, I think Arkham Knight is better than it gets credit for. Knight is good. City. I did not like so much. Yes. I'm with you. I think city is the weakest. Also, I don't, I feel bad for, for Arkham origins, which never even gets included in this <laughs> conversation. Didn't, Rock City didn't make it. So it's, no, not, I know. it doesn't this, count. This, no, you're not wrong. The trilogy. You're not wrong. I, yeah. Mm, yeah. But Deathstroke uh, was in that one, right? And Deathstroke's in this. 
in night in our origins oh origin i think yeah that sounds right that i might also be right. like was it there's another guy it's like buckshot skill shot something along those like there's <laughs> sure. a couple of those guys sure bullseye bullseye guy, I, I don't know no bullseye guy, guy is a what, daredevil villain i think okay guy, guy what aims a rifle real good yeah is is a, is a good archetype archetype to wheel out when you need somebody <laughs> who's like not really super powered but they still do something real good this uh this suicide squad's got a uh, dead shot captain okay. boomerang king shark and Harley Quinn. Of course, you can't have it without Harley Quinn. Okay. Harley Quinn. And I think, someone, I'm sorry. I was just going to say, I think they somehow, uh, the Suicide Squad movie, I, I enjoyed it. Watched it. That was good. And the I think recent they, one. The recent one. And I think they somehow are not, um, well, maybe because of the way uh, the MCU is now embedded into everyone's brains, but I think they're avoiding some of the uh, Marvel's Avenger game problems with the characters that that game had. Well, also, I and I haven't started playing this yet, but like it seems like they maybe are also avoiding a little bit of the Guardians problem, which is that I was watching that Guardians trailer, those trailers, and uh, they were telling a lot of jokes, and I was not even really smiling at them. Whereas here, I'm not going to say I got like any belly laughs out of this trailer. I was like, eh, all right, sure, you know, like sure. it, it, I was into the rhythm of what they were showing in this trailer a lot sure. more than I was with any of that Guardians. The this, irreverent this thing, nature. This, this thing definitely has a coherent tone to it. It sure does come off as sadistic in spots. Like that bit at the end where they're just like shocking an incapacitated man over and over for kicks. Please, Please the shock the penguin. Yeah. I mean, yes, it is the penguin, technically. Yes. Uh, I mean, that is uh, that new Suicide Squad movie is. It's violent, right? Violent. Yeah. I haven't seen okay. it, but it's James Gunn, so I would in, expect in that a, to some degree. In a oh, kind of like sure. the boys kind of way. Okay. Uh, okay. That, okay. That, and that it's James Gunn freed of the shackles of the uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe rules. So, like, they just said, yeah, no, make him swear and blood go i i did not know that was james gunn like that whole thing is so confusing because they just did two suicide suicide squad movies in a row yes mm-hmm. and i think one of them was I, I, terrible right people hated that first one and seemingly for good reason and uh i i don't know how much of that was the studio versus the filmmaker or whatever but okay. uh yeah this one was some them trying to soft reboot a thing that had only out come out a couple of years prior to that okay. yeah it's like it's very hard to keep that stuff straight anyway um I guess they talked about this before. I did not realize this has a four-player co-op campaign option in it. It's like a, it's basically a play it by yourself and switch between the characters at, uh, on the fly or play it with friends kind of situation. I like that. Yeah, yeah, that could be interesting. As long as the abilities are different enough and like you don't feel like someone is getting the short shrift by picking one character over another, then I feel like you can do that well. Yeah, it does. It does seem like this lends itself much more to just like straightforward action, though, and less of the kind of exploration puzzle solving Arkham stuff. Yeah. We'll see. Bring brute force back. The time is now four player (laughs) co-op. It's just a modern take on brute force. It's just brute force, basically. It's everybody just wants to make brute force, really. Uh, I mean, I mean, everyone does your, want to make brute. You've got force. your. I mean, it's not quite a lizard man, but you've got your shark man. It's like pretty it's true. It's yeah, pretty. It's pretty close. It's like right there. Uh, does this have a date, or is this? Uh, uh, I want to say it's next 2022? year. Twenty twenty two. Okay, I it's, think it's. I think it's twenty twenty two. Yes, yes, it is twenty twenty two. But uh yes. it, it should say it's PS five and Series X and PC yes. and not PS four yes. or not previous gen. 
And uh, I want to give a say. special shout out here to whoever it was that made the call to A, get that Hive song for the trailer, and B, not turn it into some shitty fucking rhythmic remix to the beats of the action. Like, yes, they remix it a little bit, but it is mostly just that Hive song. So thank you for going off the one fucking script every tra- video game trailer has. Mm-hmm. And do we, we probably remiss if we didn't mention that Rocksteady. I don't know. Was there ever any satisfactory resolution to their allegations of uh, like harassment in I, that I don't, studio? I don't think you can have a satisfactory resolution in the situation where, I mean, it's a long story. I don't know how much we want to get into it, but when some of the original people signed to the letter about the harassment then come out with another statement saying like, no, that wasn't actually true. That's not how it happened or whatever. Like, you're just always going to be left wondering, like, were, yeah. these, were these current employees of the company coerced into putting the statement out? Yeah, saying, the short, like, no, it wasn't actually that bad. The short version was, for know. anyone who didn't know, there was uh, ac- accusations of some harassment and workplace, toxic workplace stuff at Rocksteady. There was a story in The Guardian, uh, and it sounds like there was a letter that came around that, like, from the, several of the people who were signed to that initial letter saying, like, this Guardian story does not represent us. It did not, you know, represent what actually happened here. But there are other people who did sign the letter that are still pretty adamant that, like, the culture there was not good. And then I don't think they ever really went back to readdress it. Okay. Yeah. And this is, again, we should probably say this is over the course of, like, the last three years or so. Yeah. This this uh, was at least a couple of years ago that this came to light. Okay. Yeah, I was trying to refresh myself on that. Uh, it, would have, it was mentioned in another story I was reading on it, and I was like, oh, right, okay. Um, well, I guess that kind of leads us into our next story then. Yes. Uh, what is going on in Paradox? <sighs> yeah, so this came to light, I guess, right around the time we were getting ready to record last week's episode, and I had not seen this story prior to that, but it sounds like uh, there have been some significant allegations made about what the workplace environment is at Paradox Interactive, maker of the uh, variety of different strategy games, mostly for the PC. Um, there was a story in a Swedish newspaper, uh, Svenska Dagbladet. I'm gonna, I'm that's as close as I'm gonna get to it. <laughs> uh, and the it involved it. It cites some specific examples of, you know, male employees, uh, you know physically harassing certain women at the company, but also just a culture of where women are generally treated as, you know, their opinions don't matter or shouted down by, by male coworkers and bosses. Uh, there was a paradox employee survey, I think uh, about a month ago or so where 69% of the women who worked at the company uh, reported some form of mistreatment while working at the company. Um, so, in the wake of that, uh, they have changed CEOs, I believe. Uh, so it's a little confusing because they they changed back. There yes, was an interim CEO, uh, and then now I think is the original uh, CEO Frederick Wester. I think is back. Yeah, and he replaced uh, someone else who had taken over for a short time, and. This is another one of those cases where it feels like the information is out there, but there really hasn't been much movement from the company in terms of like what they are actually doing to address any of this. Whether I'm not sure they've even made any like major statements on the on on the subject. It seems like there are some, you know, like I I don't know. It doesn't seem like there's a whole lot there that has moved forward since this stuff came out. I mean, it's worth highlighting again, because as we've talked about this stuff with Activision, Blizzard, you know, and, and, and Ubisoft and other companies, it's not just the big publishers where this mm. is happening. You know, Paradox yeah. is a fairly sizable company, but they would 
they are not like the multi-billion dollar corporations that some of these other places are. But the culture that they are talking about here is something that pervades, you know, a wide swath of the video game space. And so even though it is at this point, I think, unsurprising when these stories come around, like you still have to, you know, pay attention to them because inevitably that's the only way change actually gets anywhere is if people don't stop just treating it as like, well, that's video games, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Abundantly clear the stuff can and does happen at all levels and all scales. Yeah. Uh, and I guess we should mention also here that, uh, it, this story mentions that paradox has hired, uh, an auditor, an external auditor to come investigate whether, okay. I, don't, I, I don't know what that actually means in practical terms as not having been privy to what those things result in. Yeah. Right? I mean, I don't know who they hired for this one, but I do remember that when Activision announced they were doing that, it was some company that was, uh, I think pretty well known for uh, union busting. So, you know, not necessarily like encouraging who they had chosen to do that self audit. Yeah. 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 Right. I'm saying that I don't, I don't, I, the cynic in me doesn't say like, yeah, they solved it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, or, or no, this is the panacea. So exposure yes. is, 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 you know, accountability. Uh, is that it for the news? Pretty much. Yes. Yeah. Yes. 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 I'm sitting here looking at this Dragon Age 4 story, but we should probably just move on. Dragon Age 4 might become the PS5, Xbox. Yes. It's just, it was just a very minor story that there will not be a previous gen version of Dragon Age 4. Yeah. I really just put it on this list because I am always low key thinking about Bioware at some point <laughs> in some, in some fashion and what is going on there. And if they will pull this one out or not, <sighs> What do, you, what, do you, what do you feel? When I say Bioware to you, Brad, what do you feel? Oh, dude, I mean, it's nothing but Andromeda and Anthem at this point. Like, that's, that's, the, that's the entirety of the conversation. You feel sadness? Yes. Sadness. Like, A forlornness. Like, like, nothing against the people who are still there working hard. Yeah. But, yes. Like, there's, like, like once great empire? Yes, there is, no, there is no old Bioware at this point. It is, like, you're only a good as the last two disastrous games you shipped let, let me put it this way the most exciting bioware thing to come into my field of view in i'm going to say literally years at this point was a austin powers mass effect mashup video that started circulating around yeah that was pretty this good week. that was not bad that was the uh, most those are the most good feelings i've had about a bioware thing yeah I like that uh, Knights of the Old Republic remake that could be uh that could yeah. be but we don't know anything about it yet yeah, yeah and bioware is not really involved in that also Listen, I guess that's old Bioware, right? So I guess yeah. if you're remaking yes. the old Bioware stuff, so yeah, I like that's that's, that's the that's full on Doctor era. The doctors, yeah. where are the doctors? Where brewing, are the doctors? Brewing, brewing beer hmm. and advocating for political causes. Ray, uh, Greg, yeah, Greg you know, I mean, they they made a big show out of like when they put this new Mass Effect team together, out of hiring a bunch of Mass Effect veterans from the trilogy back for it. Although I don't know that any of them are going to be involved in Dragon Age. I mean, Dragon Age supposedly has been in development for like a long time at this point. And Laidlaw is not there anymore, right? No, he left. I believe. I feel positive. like a lot of the people that were sort of like the mainstays are pretty much gone. Uh, I think that's right. Um, Listen, Dra Dragon Age is a very lucrative and very popular. Yeah, game. it's up there. Those three like, games all did pretty well, I understand. Mass Effect gets all, not all, most of the attention, but Dragon Age, I think, has been a pretty steady success for them. It's an earner. That in Inquisition, fact, I mean, people like it. I, I would, yeah, totally. Inquisition is the last game they put out that has, like, a pretty staunch, like, unapologetic fan base, right? Yeah. Um, 
I, don't know. I, I fell I hope, off of it a little bit, but people like yeah. it. I hope they pull it out. Like I sincerely hope that Bioware has a resurgence. I think the Dragon Age fans deserve a good new game. Yeah. I have the Mass that. Effect fans. They don't deserve oh. anything. Ooh, harsh. Speaking harsh. as a Mass Effect fan, I don't yeah. deserve shit. One day I'm going to grab that trilogy remaster they put out at exactly the time when we were too busy to check it out uh-huh. earlier this year. Yeah, if I had not just replayed through all those games, I probably would have pounced on that. But you know what? Yeah. I think in a year or two, when it's down to like 20 or 30 bucks, and I'm just like, you know, I want to see what they did to it, I will probably yeah. snag that thing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we played also, it on the PC with some mods, too, so we had a pretty good-looking Mass Effect. It was a pretty good-looking Mass Effect. Yeah. Yeah. I'll probably wait until the next console to get in on, the, when they reboot it on the next console. Okay. When they include Andromeda in as a, as you know, a prequel or, or some kind of side see. story. Maybe don't hold your breath. Now with correctly facing guns. <laughs> You're saying Andromeda becomes the uh, the the missing Batman game they, of the Mass will, Effect? Man, they will never speak of that game again. I mean, you didn't finish it, right? No. Like, I, dude, I, I think the, like, last, the last time I got up to it, people could probably see it. It's when I think it bugged out on a stream and I was like stuck in a building. Uh, I remember that vividly. I mean, yeah. there were pretty massive dangling story threads that they were supposed to wrap up in DLC that they just didn't. Like, I won't get into it for anyone who, for some reason, still wants to play through Andromeda and doesn't want to be spoiled, but, like, major questions were left unanswered at the end of that game that were supposed to be filled in in DLC that never got made. They're an anthem. You just gotta look harder. It's... That is gonna do it for the news. And that is gonna do it for this podcast. That's right. right. Gotta go start setting up for our comprehensive Mass Effect Andromeda playthrough. Every class, every character. You can check it out for all the best tips, tricks, and guides. Mm -hmm. Next Lander is your place to go. That's what we do. Uh, uh, Expert play, expert commentary. More like Next Galaxy or... Yep. Sure. That was probably on a spreadsheet somewhere. Yeah. You've been listening to the Next Lander podcast, and I really want to thank you. We have talked about today. We had a grip bunch of games, of games. today. Uh, Inscription Metroid. That's the Inscription. That's the card game. In case you forgot, uh, Metroid Dread. You know what that is? Rift Breaker. That is that tower defense meets factory building game. Into the Pit. Devil Daggers uh, meets what was there? Meets there and Devil Hades. Dag- Hades. That's right. Very Hades. The Good Life, you're you're uh, investigating a town that's just too happy. Jet the Far Shore, nobody's happy. Um, life uh, is Strange, True Colors. Life is Some strange. people are happy if you, no, if you help nobody's, them. Well, mostly nobody's happy, but you get by. I should say Jet. I don't mean nobody's happy with the game. I meant people in that game, they're having a tough time. I yeah, it's a, rough, okay. it's a rough go. Yeah, they're, okay. having a, they're having a rough time. I did not mean nobody's happy with Jet. Uh, Outer Wilds, Echoes of the Eye. Sometimes I'm happy, sometimes I'm not. But in the end, I was pretty happy. Hey, it's very cyclical, right? That's right. I'm in a loop. Uh, sometimes it's a good loop, sometimes it's a bad loop. Those are the games we talked about. A bunch of news. Um, you, we just, you just heard all that, so you can go back and listen to that. Well, I thank everybody for listening. If you want to support us, you do so by listening to this here podcast, as you have done, watching our stuff, sending the good vibes. If you want to go over to patreon.com slash nextlander, you can also support us there. We have a bunch of tiers, a bunch of fun rewards there. We try to keep everything free if we can, and I think we're doing it mostly uh, while we can, thanks to the support we get from everybody out there. So thank you very much. 
Speaking of which, we got um, stuff with Abby Russell. Thanks to your support, we're able to pay people like Abby Russell to come help us do fun stuff. We've got the Scream team going on, and uh, uh, we're playing Alien Isolation, so you can check that out. That goes up on Sunday. One of the tiers on our Patreon, the Mysterious Benefactor tier, gets a shout-out on this here podcast. Their names are read. This is where I make the joke about the Mysterious Benefactors not being mysterious. You get it. It's very funny. Um, I'm <laughs> going funnier to, every week. I'm going to, I'm going to read those names uh, right now. Thank you, everybody who has supported us. And here are the mysterious benefactors. Bacon Monk, Tyler Treese, Trevor and Adrian R., Robert Fisher, Thomas Lynn, Joseph Reagan, James Smith, Robo Jebus, Rick Button, Peter Reardon, Randy Duax, JM, Ninja Ducky, Nelson LeBlanc, Nick Donegan, Brian Murphy, Sean Miller, Skywarp, John McInnes, Matthew Herrig, Matt, Mark Allenbach, Conrad Kuzman, Kevin Velado, Statics, Mark Wilhelm, It Me JP, John B, Jad Rita, Jack Einicker, Rob M, Chris Barkhurst, John Hubbard, Richard Welsh, a.k.a. Hired Noobs, Gary Pejski, Evan Cook, Brian D, Edward Cheek, Devin Maestro Hall, Jerry Lee, Casey Shaughnessy, The Bunny Fiend, Anders Bouget, Bouge, gonna get that right one month, Blood Emblem, Andrew Jackson, Andrew Slosky, Steve Lynn, Andrew Tiebkin, Aaron Gonzalez Beer. And those are our mysterious benefactors. Thank you very much. And thanks Thank to everybody. You. Yes. You make that's this good. possible. That's that's right. Really. Uh there are bills. Mm-hmm. The cost of doing business, as they say. That's right. Uh, cost of living. And <laughs> the cost of living, as some say. Thanks, everybody. We really do appreciate it. Obviously, couldn't do it without you. Bears repeating. Uh I want to say this week has been a hell of a week if you are tuning in for Next Lander stuff. We had... We've been busy. We had the Hit Marathon. Yes. We have started a new Hitman game. We keep the old times, but Brad is on a tear. Brad's lit up. Uh, Brad's turned out... Brad won every map last week. Brad got the best time on every map. Yeah. Things are heating up. You're Shipping check, away at that lead. You're going to want to check out that hit marathon. Couldn't, couldn't write a story this exciting. That's right. That's right. And that is happening uh, on, uh, uh, you can watch them live on Twitch or their archives are on YouTube and go check out the hit marathon as Brad and I race to see who can get to our targets the fastest. We finished up our Life is Strange True Colors run, as you uh, heard earlier. You can go check that out, the finale of that. Uh, Alex is playing Ghost Hunter. Sure uh, am. The, the PS2 game. They don't you make got, games like that anymore. I was watching that, and that voice actor in that, I think, is from uh, uh, the Yakko, or is is one of the Animaniacs. He is uh, two, at least one of the Animaniacs. He is Pinky from Pinky and the Brain, and he is two of the Ninja Turtles. And that voice yeah. was familiar. Yeah, guy was uh, getting work back then. Rob Paulson. Uh, so you can go check that out. Uh, that's streaming live on Mondays and Thursdays, or you can go check the archives out there. Got this year podcast, got the ramble cast. If you're over there on the Patreon, you got us playing, uh, uh, oh no, we're done with Ripper. We've got Brad jumping into the VR headset 
on oh Thursday. Oh boy. Hell yeah. Uh, to uh, play some Resident Evil 7, possibly, possibly the scariest game in VR. Whoa. We'll find we'll find Whoa. We'll find Crap. out. I don't know if what, that's true. We'll what have I out. what am I what have I done to myself? I don't know. We'll find out on Thursday. And so can Terror. you uh you can check that out. And then Friday we're coming back with them Shadowgate with Abby. Uh she's gonna join us as we maybe finish. I don't know. God, we'll I, see what goes on in Shadowgate. I know I already said it, but I cannot wait to play more Shadowgate. Shadowgate was a fun I'm time. I'm looking forward to it too. So that's all happening this week. That's just one week. And that's thanks to everybody for supporting us again. Uh so that's gonna do it for yeah, this year. Ben. Oh, wait. And we're doing our Discord Q&A this week. Yes. I almost right. forgot about that. If you're on the, uh, if you're part of the Patreon and you want to go over to the Discord, you can participate in that. That is live. You can sub- qu- submit questions over in the Q&A channel that we'll pl- pick out uh, before the Q&A. Or if you just want to listen to it, it'll hit the Patreon feeds, uh, any of those tiers on Patreon after the fact. So you can check that out. Also, bah, that's the week. What a What week. a week it is. What a week. Beautiful weather outside. Beautiful yeah. weather over at the Next Lander. Uh, uh, it's you. schedule. Yeah, that's right. Thank you, Brad. Thank you. Thank you, Alan. Thank you. And we'll be back next week.